Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's good, Internet? It is it's not Monday. It's Tuesday. We couldn't record on Monday. We couldn't do it. Indigenous People's Day. Tuesday, please. Sorry, it's to do. What's good, Internet? It's to Tuesday, October 15th, 2019. So that's what's good. We solved it. We solved it. To do. To do. Ask answered. That's been Waypoint Radio. Your Honor. That's it. We're wrapping up shop. I know we had a lot of questions recently what the future was. We figured out what's good is to do. To Tuesday is here. Waypoint Radio, episode 271. Boston Walker. That was Rob Zachney coming to us from a, from Boston, outside of Boston with games he can't talk about. We were Redacted deep, City. Redacted City. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. Blacked out. The black helicopters are circling to make sure that Rob Zachney doesn't talk about any of the games he's playing. <laughs> These embargoes are strict. Shh, no impressions. Uh, we're I in- honor them. <laughs> the vault is sealed. <laughs> Until some future date. Uh, hopefully. We we are in the embargo zone for sure. Patrick, are you also in the embargo zone? Are you playing anything right now Man, you're not allowed to talk about? It's my my lungs are embargoed from functioning at the at the moment. I don't know when that embargo <laughs> lifts. I my six degrees of just I've not been this sick in like I, I've uh uh been very fortunate. Uh, it's like my my mom, horrible immune system, just like sick all the time. You feel terrible, it's just like you look like a one germ in the air gets to her, and boom, two weeks of just mm-hmm. feeling miserable. My dad, sort of person, just uh, who you know, gets sick. I'm just gonna go to sleep, wake up, good to go. <laughs> and that has large, largely been me. The sort of thing where like I feel something coming. All right, let's batten down the hatches. Vitamin C all day, every day. We're gonna drink like two yeah. gallons of water. <laughs> we're going to bed at we're going to bed at seven thirty, mm-hmm. and like just gonna knock this thing out. And usually my body's been very good at that. And this last week was just not it. I had a, you know, I right up to the edge, uh, 102.6. I was Ooh. like, I don't know. I'm so close to having to go to the hospital. hospital. I don't want to do it. That's right there, dude. Jeez. It's 103. It's 103. Is, is that the, the, is yeah. the, is the line? Yeah. Um, and uh, so didn't quite get there, but had, yeah, had a nasty uh, temp that just like, you know, there were, there was a night, you know, some things happened to some sheets that uh, I thought about just throwwing them out. I don't know if you can clean these after what happened. Throw them out. Uh, throw them out. Throw yeah. them out. Yeah. Just velveteen rabbit that shit. <laughs> you know, I feel Rob. I feel like it was just like is the bye week. The sins of Mitch Trubisky were just they were just going just, through just you, soaking through my body yeah. right into those sheets. And uh, yeah, I'm on. At least I'm I'm on the other side and, and coughing. I don't. You know what? I would cough happily for the next three weeks, then feel the way like. I didn't realize how different one, 99, 100, 
100, oh, 102. I was like, I know, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I was like, of course, it's got to feel worse. But <laughs> as I would f- literally feel my body boiling up, I'm like, oh, at a certain point, it became like six days in, it was like, yeah, that's 102. Yeah, I can feel that. Like, I know that that's a distinct 102. <laughs> Wait, so were you going through waves during the day of different, like, like at noon, you'd be 101, and at 7 p.m., you'd be 102? Like, you were... <laughs> The yeah, ways, on day five. The ways mine were spiking was in the morning and in the evening. And huh. so I'd get these frustrating portions where... Convenient times. Um, yeah, yeah. Just enough to, like, put in the labor and then feel like crap when uh, you yeah. get some time to yourself and have to take care of a child. But um, it'd be the kind of thing where... Um, and sometimes I'd go off medicine for a while because I wanted to see, like, what the, you know, the like, what I actually was supposed to be feeling, see if I was getting, getting any better or for, like, the, the ceiling of my... Uh, temperature was going down and all. And I'd be like, cool, I'm good. And then I'd be like, sit, me and my wife would be sitting, like, watching something. And I'm like, ugh, all right, I'm fe- feeling a little funky. And I'm like, okay. Like, 45 minutes later, I'm like, whoa, I don't like that. And I'd be like, oh, that's 100. And then I'd like, feel a little funkier. And I'm like, I'd bring the thermometer out, put it in, like, yeah, that's 101. And it's like, I could just, I didn't need that thermometer at a certain <sighs> point. Like, I could just ride that wave. And 102 is just then going around the house. Shaking, <laughs> God, I'm. Yeah, I'm you're making me scared of the season because I normally get a bad one. Wasn't a flu. Like, wasn't wait. A flu. What was it? Was not a flu. What was it? We don't know. I went to the. I find so. You know, I looked up like how long temp bad, right. and you know, it was like ah, three days. Go get checked out. And I was like, all right. So day four, I went and got checked out, and you know, did all the tests. Like, you know, do, do you think you have pneumonia? Blah blah. Did all that, um, and even did like a, a like a flash flu test um and uh came back negative and they're like well you don't sound like you're dying but you feel like you're dying but you don't have the flu so come back in three days if you still feel like shit and i'm yeah. like okay some sort of virus so, some sort of something some sort of virus, some sort yeah. of virus. yeah yeah that was that hit me last year i remember now i was out for like three or four days in a row uh, plus a weekend where it was just like i don't know what this is but even i who am notoriously bad about like getting shit checked out, went and got it checked out just in case it was pneumonia. Damn. And it was like, it was not pneumonia. It was not the flu. Yeah. They put me on some anti, you know, viral shit. And it was just like, all right, good luck. Have fun. It's it, it's harder uh, to be lazy about it these days due to like the sheer proliferation of like urgent cares. Yes. In the, that's exactly. That like did not, did not exist like, like when I, I was growing up. Like past one. Like, on now it's just like literally, it's yes. down. It's down the street from me. Like you don't have to get an d- appointment at a doctor. Yeah. If you can go during the day, you're probably only going to wait like 20 minutes. Like just go. <laughs> Corporate consolidation is bad, but the expansion of services that you can get done at CVS is good. For, <laughs> well, like it's a window being able into to, like, a walk world. across the street. Right, it's a window yeah. into a world where these services are provided mm. by our tax money instead of by private companies. And like, yes, that convenience could be right there. And we could have trains that connect one urgent care center <laughs> to another. The beautiful socialist dream. It's right there. <laughs> God. Ricardo Contreras. Cotto is also here Hi. with us. Hi, Cotto. Are you either under embargo or sick? Neither. Good. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm in the danger zone with being sick, though. Wait, what's Christina's that mean? real sick. Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, but I also, he's got that destiny fever. Yeah. <laughs> 
What you just told me is I'm sick. Consult now. your no, physician not if, yet. Pers- if symptoms persist outside the launch window. Got they it. probably won't. Oh, wow. Bonnie. You, <laughs> we are in a close proximity situation. Yeah. Uh, we're in a locked room. Uh-huh. It's I'm red fine. in here. I'm yeah, but fine. you could be a carrier. I, mm, you don't know. I mm-hmm. plead the fifth. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Is that how that works? Yeah. I think so. If you plead the fifth, you can't so, carry any disease. <laughs> What's up, Rob? I know I know Soderbergh made the better, like more authoritative, like global pandemic movie. Mm-hmm. But goddamn, it is not as scary as Outbreak. Outbreak scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah. What was the what was the bit of it that was the scariest? That was the monkey one, yeah, right? Yeah, it was the Yeah, one. it was just it was fast moving, that entire like small town, just like everyone's Instantly. getting obliterated by yeah. And then they're like, We have to drop this thermobaric bomb on this <laughs> to kill the virus. Yeah. Yeah. It comes to a pretty bad ending. Yeah. I, I, I did I did prefer the version where Lizzie Bennett saves the world, but <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. God. How's everyone doing in terms of games? They can talk about this week. I know, again, Rob, you're in the passenger chair today. Uh, you waggled your eyebrows at me as if to communicate something. But I don't know what it was. I couldn't even translate it if I wanted to. So <laughs> mysterious, the visage of Rob's acne. Um, my, f- my favorite gothic horror novel, <laughs> the visage of Robert Zachney. <laughs> Uh, we're just riffing here today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just gotta it's riff. A hot mic today. We're just. Uh, it's, uh, I wish it was. I wish that it were. story is definitely just like a telltale heart thing. Where oh like, yeah, I, my face is just my face, and you are just convincing yourself that I'm up to no good, or that you've seen <laughs> through me. Damnable visage betrayed yeah. nothing. With <laughs> malign intent. Yes. If there was any, if there was any, any sort of like short horror story involving Rob Zappi, there would be something in his speakers. That oh, he would hear at you night, hear it. like a telltale heart, but it's but it's the b- some sort of like subwoofer coming yeah, out yeah. of his magic speakers. I disconnected you. I, yeah. I have a woofer stack now. You, why are you back? Well, that was looking towards like Stephen King, like the name you named your subwoofer like Shelley, and now it is <laughs> that's the name of the, the book. name of the book is Shelley. Shelley. Yeah, God, I can't. Um, uh, was it Christine? Yeah, yeah, Christine. Wait, Christine is the car? Car, I think, yeah. Okay. Christine is the car, and then Stephen King, because uh, I watched half of it uh, in a fever dream last week, the, was it The Mangler is the one where the um, the um like the steam press comes to life <laughs> uh, in the factory. Me? What? The yeah, Mangler? Yeah, it's, it's a Tobe Hooper joint. <laughs> Hold yeah, on. buddy. Hang on, I need to... <laughs> I need to Do we need to watch a trailer oh, for the Mangler? The Mangler is not a Stephen King story. That was my question. Not? Yeah, I thought that was my question. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a Stephen. I thought no, it was a Stephen oh, King it is. Story. It is. It, okay, well, we were. Uh, I'm lost now. You framed it like it was Wait. a Stephen King thing, but then, but then you were like, oh, it's some it schlocky is. '70s movie, and so then it is. Hold on. Well, okay, so it's both. <laughs> Rob, yeah, I'm right there. I know Stephen sh- King's written a lot of stories, but I just didn't figure him for the what if a steam press was haunted. I didn't know that he was like horror Pixar. You know what I mean? I didn't get what if cars. Oh, I did. The cars. film is based upon the Stephen King short story of the same name. Okay, <laughs> the well, Mangler. The Mangler. Can we? You know yeah, what? Link, let's link just, the Mangler. Let's let's just, you know what? It's hot Mike morning. Let's, let's just get go. it. You know, what? you know what it is? It's Tuesday. This isn't Monday energy. This is Tuesday morning energy. Shout out to Indigenous Peoples Day. We got some yeah. Tuesday morning. We got some Tuesday Hell morning yeah. energy in here. A friend oh, of mine. Man, you know what? I need I need to subscribe to this YouTube channel to pull this up. Oh, shout outs to Shitflix. Oh, wow. A, uh, a YouTube channel with 4.86 sure 
4.86k subscribers, uh, which is about to shoot up after this ringing endorsement that has done <laughs> absolutely no investigations as to whether they're a problem. Um, but look, the cl- classic descriptions for movies like The Mangler in 1995, like a laundry folding machine that's possessed by a demon from hell, you know? Yeah. Right to the point. Let's do it. Robert England's in this movie. so Wait, they invented a laundry folding machine? God damn it. <laughs> Wait, those things existed? Stephen King's imagination knows no bounds. (laughs) That thing would be evil. Because it's just too good. That's that's cursed. That's that's a cursed knowledge. A mangle. What? The thing. Are you sh? Yeah, Hitting that me. is called a mangle. That's where right. mangle. Are we sing, are we singing up watching the yeah, mangle? Yeah, we're gonna sing up and watch. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Let's watch the mangle. Okay, I'm <laughs> apologizing. Everyone at home, get ready. I'll do a count. Your the Mangler 1995 trailer from Shitflix on YouTube, Patrick. <laughs> well, that's not the production company. It was New Line, but not the movie. Yeah. Well. Eh, eh. All right. Three, two, one, go. Home video. New Line home video. Straight to video. There's a little bit of me in that machine, and a little bit of it in me. Whoa. What? The director of Poltergeist. Excuse yeah, me? Man. Today, the worst one I've ever seen. Is that? No just put her hand in that machine. Yeah, she'd be haunted. Shut the fuck up. The machine is not haunted. That machine killed your daughter. We all have to make sacrifices. A <laughs> <laughs> demon is a kind of electricity. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's actually a good line. Yeah. A demon is a, a type kind of, of electricity is not bad. Masters of horror have just created the ultimate machine for terror. That's like another famous scream, right? Yeah. That one that you play. That's definitely a Wilhelm. Wilhelm. That's not Wilhelm. That's a different. No. I think that's a different. Oh. What? Where is there the fire? Mangler. What? Just don't I'm go be, near it. I'm being honest. That didn't look good. That looked bad. <laughs> it's it's not it's not good, but it's it's good. So uh, it, it, the, movies like that was uh, underscored the backbone of my October list, which was uh, I wanted to start getting. I needed like a shtick this year. I was like to fill out like you know ten of the movies, mm-hmm. and I was once we had our conversation about Death Spa, I had like a aha moment. It was like oh, I want to like watch a lot of movies this year that are about like really straining the bounds of reality and finding inanimate objects that should not murder you, finding ways to murder you, which is how I got Death Spa, The Mangler, uh, and, a, and a bunch of other flicks on, on that. On so that. Wait. The Mangler, Mangler is, is so good because the, the overacting is tremendous. And it's like, you're like, oh, the guy who directed Poltergeist, like one of the best horror films of all time. Like yeah. he could take a silly premise and do something interesting with it. No, but it's still super good because it's hyper violent in like the most ex- like the ways this machine kills people is just unbelievable. Have you seen it the is, sequels it, yet? There's two sequels. No, no. two. <laughs> if not, what? there's not the Mangler Two sequels. and the Mangler Reborn. Of course, of course. Which <laughs> maybe that's a reboot. I don't. A decade after the original. See, I would love. Yeah. Let's make one of these today. Where like who's who's the modern day Peter Falk? Who gives that energy? Like I want God, a like a woebegone, slightly shabby ocean specter to be like this thing's greatest rival. Like you invert it, right? It's like the murderous industrial machine, but this time it's like 
OSHA's here and it's like what Jamie Lee Curtis has become <laughs> to uh, Michael Myers. Right. Okay. Right. Hold on. Uh-huh. Hold on. The ma- yeah, you look at the Mangler 2 because I ma- did. The Mangler 2, also known as the Mangler 2 Graduation Day, is a 2002 <laughs> film, which let's point out, like, yeah. you know you're in some deep into the horror shit when you're watching a direct to dv <laughs> sequel that came seven years after they're just like i don't know you you want this you want to do this a 2002 film starring direct to video sequel to the yeah oh, well of course it stars lance henderson because the man will show up to anything and i respect him for it yeah good. he was also in hellraiser uh eight the one where similarly to this film as we'll get to uh involves a computer network for reasons unknown um <laughs> The Mangler 2 is based on a short story. Uh, blah, 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 blah. The origi- while the original was about a demon-possessed industrial uh, laundry machine, the f- this film takes place places the demon in a private school's computer network where it manifests as a destructive computer virus with some of the same abilities as a Ouija board. <laughs> some. some. Not all. Yeah. Let me be clear. The Mangler 2.0, it's no Ouija board. But. It lies flat. Yeah. It's got letters. It's got them. Does the thing move? Nope. That's the one thing we couldn't do. <laughs> uh, watching the trailer and for a second here, a wireframe face showed up and it said hacker girl chat. Sorry. Hacker gal chat. <laughs> Love it. You know what? I'm gonna. I gotta read this, Joe. This is the last line from the plot summary on Wikipedia. Joe later went on spring break in Europe. The camera shows her getting call from her father. After her phone call ends, a strange and familiar message appeared on the screen of Joe's cell phone, saying, "You've been mangled." <laughs> Shut up. Which means that the virus is still alive. The virus is still out there. Well, that explains how <laughs> it's been Is that how it got reborn in 2007 oh or whatever? Oh, my God. God. It's like a prank show catchphrase or some shit. <laughs> you, you got mangled. <laughs> well, now, wait, now we got to complete the trilogy. The Mangler Reborn. Uh-huh. They intended the directors, the two directors intended it to be a rebirth of the film franchise. While with the film not requiring viewers to have seen the prior two films, thank God, the deep mangler lore was too much for me to keep up with. (laughs) The movie takes place after the events in the first film follows Hadley, a repairman that purchases the possessed machine from the first movie. Oh, so they're going the classic. Yeah. You don't have to reboot it. You just pick up the continuity later and do a a pseudo reboot. Um, the possessed machine in the first movie and becomes obsessed with the machine. Hadley awakens the machine with his blood. And after being, quote, the, the summary here puts it in quotes. Eaten by it. What is, is, is there a question of whether he was eaten? Uh, well, he seems to be. Is, so I'm watching the trailer for this. And I will say this uh-huh. is a slasher flick. This is whatever he whatever happens with him changes him into like a uh, mm. like a killer for like, the machine like where he is feeding other people to it. It looks like he's going around and doing the Seymour thing of feeding the big monster. You know what I mean? Not wait. DVD talk pan the film yeah, criticizing right. it as a quote a formless, meandering, and stunningly boring little turkey. And quote. <laughs> the little turkey. The little one. <laughs> I love that. I love calling a movie a little, little turkey. turkey. 
God. What does that mean? I don't, I don't know. know. I think I kind of feel it, what it means. I mean, a turkey's sure. a, a thing, right? Yeah, yeah, that movie was a fucking turkey. Yeah. Is yeah, that a thing? A, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, legitimately. I, it feels like I it used could to, be a thing. I used to have a live journal called, uh, fuck, what was it called? Don't put this out there. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Don't. You know, you, you Keep going, Kyle. Keep going. I'm not gonna figure out, yeah, but it had. archive is not a thing. Yeah. It had turkey in the name. It was that about was movies? Fun. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, turkey's a bad movie, basically. Gotcha. Uh, a real stinker. A turkey. A turkey. Why? I don't know. But that was one of the things I Do learned people... from my film classes in high school. What's the etymology there? I don't know because well, like, isn't turkey fly. a good thing in oh, bowling? Oh, don't fly. Oh. That's pretty good. Mm. Hmm. But other birds don't fly. You could have called it a chicken. chicken. Could have called it an ostrich. I kind of like I... calling a movie a fucking ostrich. <laughs> Head in the fucking sand. Ass movie. One that like also fucking rather troubling. At. Turkeys do fly. Do they? Like they have a reputation for not flying, yeah. but then you realize they can fly and they're mm. way more capable than you previously thought. <laughs> and then you realize they're territorial. Right. And sure. oh god. Which is why I think Thanks Killing just kind of suggested itself. Yeah. That's okay, so that actually is a that exists, right? Uh, a short a short yeah, a short uh film by uh notorious shitbag Eli Roth. Uh, uh and, yeah, that dude sucks. And he kept claimed he kept trying to make a full feature out of it's actually a pretty decent like schlocky trailer. But Wait, was that, that sucks, was so that the trailer in Grindhouse? Yes. Yeah. Oh right. In the right. In between the two movies, yeah. Uh I tried to find out why they're called this, but all I found was a, a story or a post here on movies.com that says uh that basically is a long article that is uh, around this thesis. Stop calling movies turkeys. Both filmmakers and turkeys deserve greater respect. <laughs> and here is why. And Finally, it just keeps someone's going. Someone's standing up for the turkeys. Yeah. Uh huh. So Look, they got they got you know positive representation in bowling. Wait, what? Two, I need two different things. Sorry. Yes, positive turkeys are good in bowling. That's the end of that thought. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. What did you say about Rolling Thunder? Rob, Days of Thunder. Days Had to of watch Thunder. it this weekend because of racing, just or just because it was that yeah, like, weekend. Because uh, Drew Scanlon and Daniel Dwyer and I do do a podcast, and one of the things we sometimes do is movie podcasts. And there's not many racing movies, no. so inevitably, you, at some point, you're going to be watching Days of Thunder. And <laughs> sadly, this was like my fourth or fifth time watching Days of Thunder, Ooh. and that's probably more than you need to watch Days of Thunder. Uh, but at the same time, there I was having having a nice long weekend, spending it taking like five pages of notes on Days of Thunder. What's a movie Thunder? that it's a Tom Cruise racing vehicle from the 1990s. A racing vehicle. You know what I mean? They, <laughs> Tom Cruise so, vehicle that is about racing. No, but it's good. I know. I didn't mean Jerry it. Bruckheimer and Don Simpson had just made Top Gun. <laughs> and they were like kind of the gods of Hollywood for this one moment. And they were like, what should we do next? And they had the idea, we should just make Top Gun again, but with NASCARs. And so you got Days of Thunder. It's hmm. very dramatic. Should movies be called turkeys? As we've already established, turkeys are friendly, sociable creatures. Most live relatively <laughs> short lives during which they are fed That's until bullshit. they are fat so they can be slaughtered for the enjoyment of families across the nation. And the movies reflect the combined efforts of dozens, if not hundreds of people who are all trying their best to make entertainment and or art that may then be slaughtered by critics for the enjoyment of their readers. 
In other words, I, movies and turkeys have a lot in common. Hmm. And both deserve more respect than they usually receive. So let's retire the idea of calling movies turkeys. Its purpose has been served. Instead, let's celebrate the achievements of birds and filmmakers by enjoying Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner <laughs> and then watching more movies. Thank you. Movies.com. Peter Martin. Um, I played a video game. Turkeys have achievements. Yeah. Turkeys achieve shit. Yeah. I guess in Peter Martin's yeah. view, it's getting eaten. Right. Which is not That's not an achievement. <laughs> so the one thing the one thing I'll say there though is that turkeys do have reputation for being like nastily territorial. Yeah. Like they'll fuck you up. The thing is like if turkeys like decide your like some part of your property is in fact their property, that is no longer up for debate. Like that is just you don't you don't go near there anymore no, because yeah. like a it's turkey will property. come flying. Yeah, counterpoint. Much. It's their property. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. No, I mean like they have every right to it. Yes, as, but at least I am as much saying, as me. Yeah. <laughs> right, but the, but this notion this notion that you you and the turkey are going to like come together and like and we're not so friends. different you and I. No. And yeah, that's not that's not happening. Right. Right. Uh, what game did you play, Austin? Speaking of things that snarl and are territorial, I played Disco Elysium, uh, a new RPG. Oh, uh, I am fascinated to hear what you thought about this interesting game. game. I, so I've not put a lot, a lot of time into it. I've probably put a couple of hours in. Um, I will say I played a game, a game that they regularly brag about saying it will take you 60 hours to finish, like has been a consistent part of their well, marketing in a very strange. Didn't way. I also see something about the Chapo guys being in the it? Chapo? Huh. Yes. Yes. The Chapo guys are in it. It is snarling in, I mean, I could give you so many different versions of this story. Let me just set up what the game is. It is an RPG uh, in the in the style of something like Planescape Torment, an uh, isometric uh, RPG where the draw is, the draw or the, the, the thing that's going to make you stay away is the writing, um, the world building. The characterization. Uh, it's, it is a, a very written game. This is not a game that like devolves into combat turns. Like I, I don't know that I will. I could probably play ten hours of this game without being in any sort of combat situation. I believe all of the combat is dealt with with the same basic skill system that the rest of the game is driven by, which is all through kind of dialogue uh, options uh, that are like then there are dice rolls associated with it. There's not like I don't think I'm going to be getting to, like turn based tactical combat or anything like that. Uh, uh, like you're choosing like op- dialogue option, fire gun. Yeah, yeah and then, exactly. Like, and then occurs. and then event occurs and there's like animation and stuff. There's like super not the focus of the game in any way. Instead, it, it feels like it's coming from a history of very talky uh, RPGs, um, some tabletop influence, uh, and then adventure gaming, like traditional PC adventure gaming. Um, in that, there's like that style of like, well, to, to open up the thing, go get the key from the sky, et cetera. It takes place in, uh, I believe I would say, <laughs> I think the year 2050-something. Uh, it's the 50s, but it's not our the 50s. Uh, it's in a city-state that has been... Okay, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewind because I want, I want to like really sell you the way this game sells itself, which is you turn on the game, you launch the game, you create a character. Um, uh, the character creation stuff is like you either pick one of three archetypes, which is like someone who's like... 
you know, a hard ass uh, who is like tough and strong, good at, good at doing physical stuff. Someone who's like emotional or someone who's like smart, like intellectual. Uh, you can also create your own your own character from uh, which is basically you putting points into those into four different skills, like overall like uh, kind of skill categories. Which is like I'm intellectually smart, I'm emotionally smart, I'm physically tough, or I'm physically dexterous. Uh, and then you can pick one of the like six skills that are in each of those things. Those skills range from I'm good at picking pockets and, and unlocking things to uh, there's a skill called Inland Inland Empire, which is about like being aware of the weirdness in the world. There's, uh, you know, a skill for being empathetic. There's a different skill for being a good liar called like, uh, you know, dramatist or something. And those are weirdly, not weirdly, those are, one of those is intellectual, one of those is is emotional. Um, you build a character, you start the game. The screen is black. You get this like very serious voiceover that begins spouting sort of, at its best, I would say like Grant Morrison um, style uh dialogue at you. Grant Morrison's a comics writer who's been very influential uh, from, from the UK, who has like a very um, tortured, magical, like surreal prose style when he's like completely... What are some of like his notable... For like, me, the things that this is hitting is a book called The Invisibles. Uh, he did a book that I like a lot called Seven Soldiers of Victory. He's done a lot with DC over the years. Um, he did like... He was in charge of a, a couple of like big major DC events in the last decade. Um, I'm trying to think, what is like the crossover Grant Morrison hit for you? Um, it was in that one My Chemical Romance video. Was he? Yeah. Weird. <laughs> That sounds – that's uh, – okay. The thing that I think I would recommend you read from him, and I wish this was maybe a little bit more about, uh, is is All-Star Superman. Um, sure, yeah. I've always heard that as this episode. It's a fantastic yeah. little little thing that is like just very good. And then and then um, uh, uh, Doom Patrol, which is, has, has a series now, was based on uh, – a lot of people have done Doom Patrol. Uh, but the Grant Morrison run, I believe, was like pretty well oh, he did received. Arc, he did adaptation is supposed to be. Yeah, adaptation of Doom Patrol here is good. What were you saying, Kato? Uh, Arkham Asylum. Did he work on the Arkham he Asylum? Wrote that. He did the comic. Oh, the comic. The comic. The yeah, comic yeah, Arkham yeah, yeah, Asylum. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. Super I really different. Yeah, I really like him for for his non superhero stuff that came before that. Basically, um. Regardless, it is this sort of like. Very, the, the opening stuff is like you are in a void and like I'm now going to do a bad approximation of it, right? Like I'm not trying to, to – you know, like you're in a void and and there is nothingness here. Do you want to stay in this nothingness or do you want to you know, feel something? Um, and you get this like you know five minute long sequence of your like limbic system coming on and your like sensations returning and this very tortured purple prose about like the sense of reality flooding in and oh no I would rather stay would you rather stay in the dark or face the light and go back out into the the harmful day the painful day and like all right wake me up I'm up I'm up, I'm up. Like, oh you're you're hungover you're half naked you're in a, a fucked up hotel room. Um, and it is an isometric perspective. You're like a grizzled white dude with like some huge ass mutton chops. Uh, Rob. Okay. Already question. Yeah. Is it playing with the notion that it opens and that like sort of pretentious, heavy handed prose and the, then lights come up and to reveal you're some more pretension? shit bag in a hellhole? Yeah. Uh, it's like, is, it's, is, it's, is it sort of it playing is, with at that? At all or? moments, Disco Elysium is like, you know, 
Nah, come yeah. on. It's like it's. I, I'm going to save my particular editorializing for a moment. I mean, I know I'm always editorializing, but you know, but it's I'm very not, meta. It's very meta, and both to its strength and and also often to its detriment. What becomes clear as you start to like pick up your clothes from around the room and fail the skill check to to get your tie off the fucking ceiling fan and like take m- morale damage because you're not good enough to or maybe maybe I took physics, <laughs> physical damage to try to get the thing off um, and then like go look at yourself in the mirror uh, the, the it, it took me 15 to 20 minutes to get out of the room because of how dense the writing was in that in that space of just like the constant interiority of this character this character is a cop who has and I'm just gonna be a little more abstract in terms of the, the pacing here you learn over the next like 30 minutes you're playing a cop who was sent to this this place to investigate a murder and who has spent all of the money you were sent with who has uh, trashed the hotel room you were in and who has uh, you know uh, drunk through like basically all of you, every last penny that you have in booze so waypoint e3 to waypoint e3 to the degree <laughs> that you've forgotten who you are you've forgotten everything about the world you've gone completely amnesiac uh, in every regard, um, you have light thoughts about who you are now and then, and those, uh, in general, all of your thoughts come in the in the voice of the many skills you have. So you have like whatever twenty five different skills, and those skills are like you're a pickpocket, you you're a living encyclopedia, you are again Inland Empire is the one of them. Those speak to you in the dialogue box, and are like the things that prompt you to go down different paths. So it's like you have as like characters, yes, with little portraits, absolutely. So like I am the thief, and I'm whispering to you, yes. like just steal, like, just steal okay. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like ah, oh, you could just get get into there. It's not devil on your shoulder. It can be devil devil on your shoulder, but it's just as often like, oh, you recognize that name? That's the name of that famous philosopher because you have enough points. And there are these kind of passive skill checks that are firing off all the time that open and close options to you. It's sort of like we talked about NeoCab a few huh. weeks ago that are like um, – that had a thing where it was like whatever your emotional state was would open or close possible dialogue options. And that's the same thing here where it's like if you only have a one in encyclopedic shit, you're never going to have the knowledge that this is a – that this person is gesturing towards this war that happened. And so you're not going to have the, the ability to be like, oh, yeah, you're talking about that war and that might open up another dialogue option um, or or you might not even have enough to say what are you talking about because it's clear your character's interest in that shit isn't there all of this is a constant like in the middle of every conversation passive failure passive passive success and then also active skill checks as you're talking to people to be like hey I'm gonna try to intimidate you because you just like okay, you have a 40% chance of success to try to intimidate this person you click that button to do it if you succeed or fail the conversation continues at that point. And if you failed, most of the time you can try again if you've put more points into that skill and come back later uh, or learn something else and open up a new possibility for for interaction. So your job is to go investigate this thing. You're a fucked up cop who can't remember who he is, who's lost his badge and his gun, and who is trying to put together what this world is and where, what your place is in it. Um, 
you get a, a partner uh, who is another cop who is like way more on the straight and narrow. Uh, you go and talk to the various people around the bartender who's at the, the hotel who's like pissed at you for being a shithead. You talk to a bunch of to a couple kids out back where the a body has been hanging from a tree for seven days. It was your job to deal with it, and you just didn't do that. Um, you know, there's like a, a bookstore nearby. There's like a shitty racist lorry driver, and all of these things are every one of these characters has a 10 minute conversation to begin with with them um, and have branching dialogue options have stuff that is like uh, you know if you have this skill you can open up a new branch uh, if you it, but sometimes then you'll hit a dead end so like I went to the bookstore and the bookstore lady had a curtain up that hid half of the wall uh, half of the the store from the from the rest like hit, hit like a side alcove I was like I'm gonna open this fucking curtain what's back here what's behind the curtain and she got so pissy about and don't go back behind the curtain I was like ah there's something behind the curtain I pulled the curtain open eventually and it was a door locked with like talismans all over it or like like uh, kind of paper you know paper charms mm. uh, like to wards basically to ward it away and I was like I'm gonna open that door like no you're not you don't fucking have any way of opening that door Austin you're gonna try to <laughs> run in that door and take physical damage um, and so like okay well I'm gonna come back there with a crowbar at some point when I have a crowbar, I'm going to get in there. Uh, so it's a lot of like poking and prodding at things um, and, and trying to see what's going on here. You technically have this this job, which is get this body down, figure out who killed it. Uh, and the first time I went to the body, I puked my guts out because you're, I did not have the physical stamina to withstand the stent of death, of seven-day-old death. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go and try to get like something to help me with that. You know, you can see where I'm making those Adventure King comparisons. Mm -hmm. All what I'm doing in being abstract here is not talking about the tone and tenor of the game, which is what is going to make or break everyone's time with Disco Elysium. Um, this is a game when at its best, it feels like one of the most interesting and well-developed settings out the gate that I've seen in a, a computer RPG. Um, I get why you make the comparisons to something like Planescape Torment, a game that uh, has historically been like at a high watermark for feeling like you're in a place with a locale, with real people who have motivations, who are not just background characters uh, at a weird intersection of the world. Uh, of course, that was like a D&D game, and so also there was all the other D&D stuff. Here, this is a game that takes place in, a, it seems to be, a near-future real world in a city-state that 50 years before you began had some sort of revolution. Uh, it seems like a, a, a communist revolution. It seems like the king was killed, maybe. Um, but also now there's three communists left. All the communists died at some point. All of the all the revolutionaries and all the revolutionary thinkers have gone down the drain. And now it's just you and me, baby. You mean and the fucking grime of the earth and the gutters. And it's just it's tough out here for working people, baby. Like it's just hard out here. <laughs> if you're someone with ideals, then maybe you gotta pull your fucking head out your ass and realize that most of most of us don't have two pennies to to scrub together or whatever. It is like the most That's the tenor. Snarling like what they want and what my my view of – my suspicion is by hour 50, I will have developed a person who has feelings about the world and is willing to go out on a limb and fight for certain things or developed a person who is greedy and amoral and has found a way to get ahead in his own small selfish way. Um, and I think like everything I've the reason I've this game has always been on my radar and I was like pressing yeah, yeah, we got yeah. some codes like folks like you and I'm like, excited Cam to see what Cam, check it out was because thinks. their whole like thought was like, look, people are gonna 
have a character in mind and come out the end with a pretty different character. And the game, through like sheer density of writing, is supposed to try and support like yes. true role playing to the point where like part of their pitch, and I'm not sure how much you experienced this, but I I know some like streamers like had to stop streaming it midstream because they ran into some pretty blatant racism that like mm-hmm. made them very uncomfortable mm-hmm. like to be streaming, and we're like, whoa, didn't know. Okay, like right away. Who, you can, you uh, can like turn right. the corner um, and talk to a dude who immediately gets into it with your. So your partner is of Asian descent. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know like what particular particular ethnicity. But immediately there is like the dude is like, ah, oh, welcome to Revachal, which is the name of the place. Or Revacall. I forget. I forget how to pronounce it. Uh, uh, and the guy's like, I've been. My people have been here for years and years and years, way before your people were. And I, I get what you're fucking doing. And immediately that can go down the path where you can start asking him questions about his like race realism and sign on to it if you want to. You're like, oh, yeah, that you could. I was going to say that with that specifically like yes. that's I, that's the like that's what the distinction I wanted to make was that this game is like, I'm, you know, man, that's you're, you're playing with fire on this one. But basically, like part of the picture is like, yo, do you want to just be like a shitty racist? Yes. Like. And it, have it is at it. clear like, we, we have written it. It is clear that every step down that path, where you're like, "Tell me more about this stuff that makes absolutely no sense," the the writers are so above it all. They know that racism is bullshit. They know, like, you know, there's a character in here that is like phrenology taken to the max, where like literally has shit written on his body that says, you know, what his cranial measurements are and shit. It's like clearly poking fun at, but also if you want to just play as the person, the shitty, like, uh, asshole cop in this world, you know what? We can go down that tragic route. And my suspicion is it's tragic. I guess I don't know. I, my suspicion is by the end of that game, they will do the thing where they frame your downfall and your, like, complete uh, alliance with all of the worst parts of the world is a bad thing. But they want to enable that potentiality. They also let me pick play a character who is, like, an artsy-fartsy asshole who is, like, constantly poeticizing about everything and trying to make connections with like the kid nearby who helps her mom out at the bookstore. And so they're like, okay, there's definitely, I want to be all things to all people here. But I think more than anything, the thing that I keep coming back, and also actually there's a specific, (laughs) there is a specific quote I want to read from one of their own write-ups of the game that I think speaks to this, uh, that I think is, is immediately you're going to be like, okay, yeah. Um, God. So one of the skill systems in this game, on top of like the main skill trees that I've talked about or skill things that you can put into where you're like, oh, here's my lock picking. Here is my like fist fighting. Here is my like dedu- deduction skill, my deduce day skill. <laughs> um, there is also this thing called the uh, the thought catalog, um, which certain dialogue options will open up and I will like spark something in your character. And then you can assign something into one of these slots where you'll start working on it like a problem in the back of your mind. Mm. Um, so like one of them was like uh, I had a conversation with someone where I was like, you know, so where, what do you do after after you're done, you know, uh, doing your deliveries for the day? It's like, oh, you know, I go home. I do all this for my family. And I was like, bing. Wait a second. Do I have a family? Do I have a home? What, what's my home like? Um and basically, I got a I got a skill I could start working on in the background as I continue to talk to people. Uh, that was about like the sense of loneliness and being far from home, and that would give a certain stat uh, bonus and or or, or uh, penalty in certain types of things, and would open up certain conversations if I filled it. Uh, I don't remember what that one did specifically because I remember the other ones much better uh, because I took certain routes in conversations early on. Uh, I. 
get ready for two fucking Austin Walker ass things in a row. Hmm. I got the like try hard feminist thing and also the like whatever this this world's vision of Marxism is, right? There's like a particular philosopher who is like the the you know new Marx in 50 years before this all started. Uh, uh, and I say try hard feminist because I don't remember the exact phrasing on it, but the way it is framed is like, oh, you're a big boy feminist, aren't you? Okay, I see what you're, you're going to do. The same thing with the with the communism bit. It was like, oh yeah, the, all those smart communists fifty years ago gave it their all, and ever since then, everyone realized that big ideals are too dangerous and you know uh, too too uh, you know not just risky but unlikely to succeed. But you're the one, aren't you? You're the one who's going to figure out socialism once and for all. You're going to wear that on your fucking sleeve, aren't you? Do you want to go down this path? I'm like, yeah, I do. Let's go. Let's let's see what you're doing with this thing. Mm-hmm. And so you select those things and they go in the back of your mind. And after you've talked to enough people, those become active things that are now like um, skills that you can choose to have on. You can forget them and try to relearn them with exp- – you can kind of like uh, – um, what's the ret not retcon uh respect, respect and move those out and slot in new skill sets and so those things opened up different dialogue options because like i had uh for instance because i was against the patriarchy i got better shit against when when arguing against men uh because i'm hmm. a a communist entirely new skill like uh conversational options opened up when dealing with other people of like around questions of labor around questions of history um so it's like this is a I want to be 100% clear. I believe that this is a game written by leftists. Like it feels, it drips with a certain sort of materialist vision of history. It wants so badly for you to understand that this is like disaffected leftist, honestly disaffected very bougie leftists being like too Afraid is probably too um, descriptive. Like I don't know. Sounds very arch. It is. That's exactly what it is, Rob. It is like, uh, we all know we're not allowed to have genuine feelings anymore. We we see the world for what it is, but we have to be above it all. And we have to be self – we have to joke at ourselves. We have to poke at ourselves. I'm fine with joking with ourselves and poking at ourselves. But there is such a fear of – of like the honest and uh, uh, like honestly, truly very risky taking of ideals into yourself here. Everything is an arm's distance away. Everything has to be bitten at. Um, Everything has to be prodded at. And there are these moments of deep humanity in this game where you're talking to people about what their days are or who they are or the people that they like. Um, And then there are moments where because the perspective character is the amnesiatic drunk cop, the default perspective or the perspectives that you see available to you are like put it all through this filter of dismissal or there's lots of like I'm going to pat the little kid on the head because she's still so naive. She doesn't understand what a hellhole the world is yet. Um, uh, and even even the fact that it won't – again – if it's going to be a 60-hour game, I can't speak to hour 30 when maybe by then my character will have developed a selfhood, regardless of what his like political ideologies are, etc., uh, that feels like him. Um, but what I do know is this is the game that wants you to be able to explore any of those things. All of that mm-hmm. was building up to the idea of introducing those thought category things, wor- to read this thing from the website that explains these thought category like uh, inventory items that you can equip, basically. Not all thoughts are created equal. Some have a larger effect on your character, have a larger effect on your character than 
others. None more than the four ideologies and four Copotypes. Uh, ideologies are as close as Disco Elysium gets to an alignment system. Copotypes are how you view yourself as a police detective. Combine these two and you can be a socialist superstar cop or a centrist sorry cop who apologizes profusely. You can also dual copotype or even mix and match ideologies. This combined with their choices made in character creation and the rest of the thoughts make for hundreds of different builds. And like... We've had this conversation a little bit months ago with Outer Worlds, this question of, like, what does it mean to open up possibility space? We talked about it a little bit with um, Eliza. Is that the name of the game that we talked about? Like, it doesn't necessarily have um, a lot of choices, but it's interesting in showing these different perspectives in a way that reveals them all to be complicated and compromised. Um, and it, it is, like... <sighs> Seeing it laid out like this, where it's like, ah, oh, yeah, like if you want to be the centrist cop who bullies everybody, this game will fucking it'll let you do it. Um, and it is a lot. It, it it means taking them on trust that the end of that game is not just like a big high five for that player. Do you know what I mean? And that is where I'm not quite ready to like. I don't know. I don't yeah. know yet. Um, the stuff about the craft of well, the game's long as hell. They like they were part totally. of the pitch, like even getting the codes was like, "Hey, we expect we don't really expect you to finish this. It's going to be a lot of reviews in progress. Right. It's a game that benefits from multiple playthroughs." Like, look, like anyone that's listened to how you've described it could also easily imagine just one playthrough that even was like meticulous took eighty hours. Like, you're going to miss yes thousands of hours totally. of dialogue that you like it's just inconceivable you, like, it is inconceivable the pitch of the game is that you will not see most of it because it's meant to be like such an in, uh, individualized path through yes. for a character but I think yes I think Dude. in the same way that like we wonder about like the outer worlds it's like okay like how do you land your pitch even if along the way and I haven't played Outer Worlds, so I'm not suggesting that it does this. I'm just saying it's like where, where you're doing space colonialism. It's like, all right, well, where do you land with your biting satire? Like, do you actually like and hit something at the end that makes you go, okay? And this game, you still, you're, you know, you see signs. Like, there's signs in the air. They're like, okay, it's possible. It's possible 100%. there could be something on the other end of this. But no way to know. And to get there is an incredible investment of, like, time in which you could get to the end and go, oh, no, you endorsed a message. <laughs> I mean, I... So I think that there's a degree of endorsing a message in the game design that is a perfectly, you know... It, it is a message that I'm, I'm with, which is, like, this vision of a place caught in... So the history of this place is there was this revolution 50 years ago. The king gets killed. Uh, and this is, like, me just picking at the stuff I've learned for a few hours. Mm. The revolutionists somehow end up out of power. Either they – I don't know what it is. We, I don't know. The, I can't fill in that gap to, between there were communists 50 years ago and now, like, there's only a handful left in the whole city. Though right. there is a strong union and this is, like, a there's a big strike going on when the game begins. Um, uh, but now the thing that happened apparently is – all of the other big nations of the world saw this revolution happen and fell in on it. And we're like, no. Like, even outside forces that would traditionally be enemies saw this brief moment of hope and, like, you change. You have to crush the commune. You have to, right. The commune has to be crushed even from outside forces that would otherwise be not aligned with each other. Everyone fell in. The coalition of everyone else fell in and ruined this one, like, nation. Um, uh, and it's like, okay, there was a particular politics to that view, right? Like, mm. that is absolutely the case. You step out of the hotel. I mean, you talk to the dude downstairs who is like, I cannot believe I have to fucking deal with this cop. And 
and the way he's framed and the way he's written and the way that he is the sympathetic character, there is a politics to that 100%. It is just a game that is like convinced that it can be the game where the perspective character isn't the downtrodden. The perspective character can be the superstar centrist cop and it can still get its message across about the world, which we do in other formats all the time. Do you know what I mean? We do. We talked about Mindhunter on this podcast a few weeks ago, the second season of which very much still has the perspective characters as like three white people even though the heart of that season is about a black community in Atlanta. Um, so uh, it is, it is, I'm not saying you cannot do it, but it is, it has been very grating in these, uh, in, a, in a sense that has been made it really hard to want to connect to this dude. Um, and I want, as a critic, I want to reserve that as a possibility of good art to want to not feel like you want to connect to the lead. But when it is a game that I have to sit down and put hours into, that can be very hard. At the same time, I spent 25 minutes last night playing this game, walking around a bookstore and just reading all of the dialogue options as I looked at every book in that store being like, oh, wow, that's a really interesting idea. Oh, cool. Here is a map. What's my character remember from seeing the map? Because he remembers some of these maps, but not other ones, because that's how the skill system works. I had an encounter with this kid. So you go to the body and you find this kid throwing rocks at the body, being like taunted or slash like uh, egged on by another kid who's behind the like a fence nearby. Um, and you have a series of, of encounters with that kid. Both of those kids uh, uh, shout homophobic slurs at you, uh, by the way. Uh, and that the homophobic slur is like staticed out during the voice acting, which is like even they were like, all right, they said that word, but we're not you don't have to hear it yourself. But also they fucking said it. And it's like, OK, I, I would love to have heard the internal conversation around that specific moment right, right? um uh and the conversations that i ended up having with that kid went from like sour to violent in a bad way Oof. to a breakthrough where you where you were able to, to connect to this shitty 15 year old about the life he is living for a brief moment of like real connection that is like okay this is interesting and then it it slips away. Do you know what I mean? Like there is such like a coming and going with this game that I'm having right now um, that is unlike unlike anything else I played this year, you know, unlike anything I've played in a long time. Um, uh, I also think it's visually really sharp. Like I, it has such like a painterly, like ugly painterly quality to it. Like it is it is trying to be messy. It is trying to be um, overwhelming, um, sensuous in a way that is like – you know, a bad smell. Um, and I think that they achieve that stuff pretty well. It, they want to make an ugly thing. It is an ugly thing. And, and I want there to, I want to retain the right of artists to make ugly things, especially when the larger purpose is something like the ugliness builds to something. Um, but it's also just like, I don't know if I trust it to do that build yet. Um, Talk to people who've maybe put more time into it. I, you know, there's lots of critics who I love, like Andy Kelly over at uh, RPS. I think I think it's, it was Andy Kelly at PC Gamer or, R, or RPS at this point. I thought it was PC Gamer. Okay, it was PC, PC Gamer. Gamer You're right, it is PC Gamer because I also looked at an Andy Kelly tips guide to this game on PC Gamer. Uh, who, sure. Andy Kelly really likes this game. Lucia Bryan seems to really like this game. Like people who I, who I respect in this industry have put some time into it and have come away being like, wow, there is something here. But I, I am cautious of being wowed by prose, by the fact that there are like 
good adjectives in this game. You know I love adjectives. You know I love proper nouns and places and shit like that. But there is a degree to which um, uh, a, a friend of mine, an internet friend of mine, Paris, um, uh, a.k.a. from the Kotaku articles he's been quoted in, a progressive anime fan on Twitter, uh, <laughs> uh, is famous of, uh, for me in, in my own, like, famous lines catalog for just saying that it's not that Riverdale looks good, it's that it looks expensive. Um, and so it, I almost feel the same way about the writing in this game. It's not that it's, I don't know that it's good writing. I know that it's like a lot of words went into it. I know that a lot of effort went into putting together big words and references to uh, the types of things I'm interested in. I know that it is literary in, in style, but being literary in style does not mean that it's good art. Do you know what I mean? It does in the world of video games mean that it is unlike many other things. Um, and for that yeah, reason. Yeah, compared to the low standards yes. of like just about every other video yes. game. Ambition um, can be its own reward. Totally, yeah. totally. Especially if you're able to come to something like this, you know, if you get press code and you're like, oh, what is this thing? Do you know what I mean? But uh, if you're out 40 bucks and you open the thing and 20 minutes in, you're like, Boy, I hate being here. That's a much harder pill to swallow. Um, to that end, I definitely advise looking at some some people playing through the game to see, to get a taste of it, um, to get a taste of like what that ugliness feels like, and, and whether or not you're interested in like being in that in that place. At its best moments, it reminds me of some of the stuff that I've read from some of my favorite authors. You know, there is definitely some China Mielville here. There is definitely, like I said, some some uh, Grant Morrison. Some Warren Ellis. Like this is the school of thought. This is the school of writing that that I feel like. At its worst, it feels like uh, another comics writer, uh, Garth Ennis, who just had a, uh, one of his books, The Boys, get turned into an Amazon original uh, show. Uh, I don't know if have either of you have any of you seen The Boys yet. That is the story about. No, I I, I don't. I'd heard that like the you know everything because he also did a preacher, yes. which was a yeah. really uh, poorly adapted. Well, you know. Preacher, uh -huh. uh, boy, it was a comic that felt good in the moment yeah. um, for reasons that make sense of who I was at the time and being younger does did not particularly age well, uh, I don't think, other than maybe aesthetically. It's still like a very uh, arresting comic to look at, but I don't know that I get – other than uh, – who's the vampire? Jesse, right? Jesse, um, right. He's still uh, yeah. uh, still a fun character, but, but – Right. That so I had not watched, the, not read the boys, but I'd heard that like, yo, do you think preacher feels kind of gross? Like the boys is just like way, way more of that, like cranked up to 11 and in no way is it like a, a world that you like feel good or even that feels like it's saying anything. It's just ugly for the sake of being ugly. And that is like at its moments where I think it is being the most excessive or the most like, like frankly, just like up its own ass, unwilling to commit to a sense that there could be a goodness in anyone, like just such a deep cynicism right. um, that it feels like the worst of Garth Ennis. And, you know, you could do worse than the worst of, of very popular <laughs> comics writer Garth Ennis. Sure. There could, you could be, yeah. I could be here being like, this is like shitty Infowars trash. And it's not that. Like, I, you know, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also there's a tension, like you can only... There's a tension between being an arch leftist and then having sort of reflexive cynicism about the world and the people in it. 
too, right? Totally. Like, totally. It, there's, if, if you're always above everyone in all things, they go about their lives, then whatever your politics, they cut their politics of condescension. That is exactly right. And that, like, what you've described now, it sounds early enough, though, that, like, right now everything's at arm's length because you're being given the opportunity to explore a lot of options. Right, to determine your own feel out your character. You know what I mean? And yes. Yeah. part of the journey might also be, like, dropping that act and committing to things. I'm curious how that evolves, but it does like, there is a tendency in like, uh, I think this was truer in the past, but like a lot of times in older lefty spaces, what I would encounter was an unfamiliarity or reflexive contempt for people who did not share their views or this suspicion that, Average people were just like too dumb to get it, mm-hmm. um, and that can be that. I think I think that is impossible to square with leftist objectives and leftist politics. Right. Like if you fundamentally believe that people are fundamentally dumbasses and don't recognize their interests and can just be led around by the nose, then I think your politics are going to founder on that. And I. It's so interesting because I feel like I could imagine the creators of this game. You know, I'm not going to put words in anyone's mouth. I can imagine defenders of this game being either people who say you're just too dumb to get it. You need you just you need to, you know, step up your game and like really open up your mind. This isn't this is for people who have high SAT scores. Right. (laughs) Or I could imagine people saying. You don't like it because you're on your fucking high horse. You're in the ivory tower. You want everything to be perfect. You want everything to be unproblematic. Well, guess what, bucko? Down here in the fucking gutter, in the grime, in the streets, no one's perfect. No one no one passes your purity tests. And this is the real world. And like, okay. But also, this is a game where I lost a morale point because I couldn't get my tie off the fucking, you know, uh, ceiling fan and my inner demon voice made fun of me for it. Like, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm here for the ride. I'm happily <laughs> open to a possible. There, there have been a couple of moments that have been just like truly, truly, truly incredible so far. Uh, and I think like the basic structure is, is there for something really great. The fact that they've built these systems to make conversations feel tense is already very good. Uh, it's what they do with that. It, and isn't, it, isn't the story supposed to be like more or less completely open-ended in which like, hey, yeah, what, you can go do this or, or don't. you can go do that, yep. you know, that is, or don't, that is, you know, just you're, you're good. There's a time mechanic as you talk to people, time passes and like the mm. world changes, different things open up and close and like, you know, I, I need to, I am going, if I'm going to have real deep, you know, anything like a real thought about this besides these first impressions. It's gonna be. I'd be, I'd be curious to see you like complete a couple of arcs. Yes, where the the game would, would be forced. There to are side cases, so like I'm pre- gonna to, to start previewing what it would potentially do with a, you know the larger arc of the character yeah. or what it wouldn't or or, or will right. comment on through like smaller things that you solve or take care totally, of. Totally, totally. Um, I hope you like this game, Austin. You spent you just spent thirty minutes putting markers down. That like <laughs> you're, now you're gonna have to pick up. We'll see. So, right? like, I, I hope that game like rewards the time. I think it, the thing is like I think it's I think it's noteworthy in the sense that like it is so unlike other games of this type, even games of this like CRPG like dialogue heavy. Yeah, it's, it's an audacious heavy, game, yes. no matter how you 
strike so it. So I think it's, it is worth the time in that sense. Um, uh, if only because like it's a curiosity. Um, so I don't know. Um, I'm going to if I if I can, I'm going to try to get through, like you said, Patrick, at least a few smaller arcs. They're like big cases and small cases. Uh, and I'm going to try to get through like some side cases, basically. Uh, get that body down, man. Dude, go find found, a mask to put I found, on or something. Like, smelling salts that didn't work. I puked my fucking <laughs> guts out in front of these little kids making fun of me. <laughs> Wait, do you like smell the smelling salts and then I? Yeah. Th- then like, how how is that going to help you get that body I don't down? Fucking well, know. No, it's not a good it idea. Overpowers the smell. Yes. Of the... Yes. Yeah. Or sorry, it wasn't smelling salts. It was ammonia. So it was like. Oh, if I smell okay. the ammonia, that will prevent me from yeah, – yeah, there was yeah, a strong yeah. wind. It didn't work. It didn't work. I puked my guts out. My partner was like, you know what? <laughs> and like another – this is like a good moment. Like you're, when your partner shows up, he is like, what the fuck have you been doing? He's like, I'm not going to cause a scene. <laughs> but like how is the – you didn't take the body down? It's been days. Uh, and and then, you know, after finally going over and trying twice, he's like, all right, let's just – Maybe the wind will change directions. <laughs> Maybe the wind will die wow. down. Let's go talk to people for a little while. And anything, anything but, this. but anything but seeing you puke twice in a row. Let this kid throw these damn yes, rocks at the and the body. Try convincing down. the kid to knock the like. Maybe the kid. No, that is not like, an option. The body down. No, that kid was too b- busy calling mm. me slurs, uh, and then and then telling me that his dad is a shithead and and a drug runner, and like that's one of the side mm. cases. Is like well maybe either. Either I could go bust his dad for being a drug runner, or I could get some of that into that drug running action and be a corrupt cop. <laughs> Both of those seem like they're on the table for me, a hundred percent. So I, yeah, that is that is that is my early impressions of it. It's one of those games. Where it's like to give you more impressions. It will not be another two hours. It will be another fifteen hours yeah. because that is like the level of depth. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like they're like you could go bowling for a day and have some thoughts about bowling, but you better go bowling for a month before you tell me anything else about your bowling trips. <laughs> I, you didn't learn shit on day three of your bowling. You you better like really commit before you tell me more. So that is that is I'll, I'll try to put some time in. Um, a quick short the op I'm playing the opposite game and this is a very short shout out. There's a phone game I've been playing that feels like the opposite game to this. It is like two bucks on iOS. It is called Land of Livia, um, uh, and it is it looks like if I showed you this thing really right here, like Kata, look at this, look at this inventory or look at this like screen and just start hitting buttons. It looks like d- a default. It looks like the it's made in Visual Basic or something. This this got the like. Patterned background of a uncover a dark conspiracy. The game, the story stuff, I don't give a fuck about. It is like an RP. It's like a fantasy RPG. The whole thing about it that is is interesting is that you play it in real time. Like spreadsheets, they look like spreadsheets. You play it in real time, or like if you go somewhere, it takes you fifteen minutes to get there. And so it's a game I just like pick up and check in on a couple of times a day. Where it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go to the pirate cove. It's gonna take me thirty minutes to get there. When I get there, I'm gonna hit the button that says like dig for treasure. It is like a clicker, but it's it's like not a clicker (laughs) because it's not open ended in that way, or it's just the numbers going up. It has been a great little like idle game in a different sense of idle game. Um, So land of Livia. It's not a recommendation even, but it's like, hey, I like games where sometimes I go do this for an hour, and then it does that for an hour. When I open it back up, it says, you got a cool crown. <laughs> like, awesome, I got a cool crown. There's the a, there's opposite a chat? of Disco Elysium. There's a chat. You can hang out with your friends at a campfire. It's a whole Gandalf thing. Gandalf the White is in here. I, I bet he is. I, I'm not vouching for the community of this game. 
uh, again, like the first chapter or whatever is, is like two bucks. Weird. So that was a, that's the opposite of Disco Elysium in many ways. But. It looks, it, yeah, it looks like it's on uh, uh, the transparent background for Photoshop. Uh, Photoshop, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, totally. All the buttons look like default. You were 100% right. Default <laughs> emoji that you would find. Oh, yeah, that's the campfire, yeah. like vector graphic.psd yep. that you found. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's that's my other tiny thing. We take a break, and we do have a couple of other things we can talk about still. Um, we'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We are back. Patrick, it sounds like you've been playing some more Valfaris, the uh, heavy metal. My Divinity Fallen Heroes placed on a definite hold by developer Larian Studios. What is this oh, shit? Nah. Is that the tactics thing that they were doing? Or? Yeah. The I, one, I did one. not even know that it was scheduled for a November release. I thought that was, I put that out of my brain for a game that came out a long time ago. Uh, Larian had been co-developing Fallen Heroes with Logic Artists. Both companies will now go their own way for the time being, with Larian continuing to work on Baldur's Gate 3, while Logic focuses on its own expedition series. Quote, it became clear to everyone of all the fallen heroes need greater development time and resources that are available now to bring it to fruition in a fun and sustainable way. We value the work that everyone put into fallen heroes, and though we lament its status for now, we all agree there's a great game in there that will sometimes reach the players who await it. We're sorry for the players who suffered the game, but we strongly believe that bringing fallen heroes to fans should be done in a timeline that allows this to be developed Soundly weird to cancel a game that with conceivably we could get like a code for in a week or two. Um, and too I didn't bad. realize that the, it was that close. I, I didn't, yeah, I, it, I honestly, if you had asked me like, what happened to that tactics game? I was like, oh, it's probably still, you know, a year mm-hmm. off or it's a, or that it was going to enter early access this November and then right, spend right. a bunch of time getting tweaked because yeah, that, um, that little demo that I played at, uh, PAX East, um, was a tre- tremendous uh, a- amount of fun. Um, it really was a game whose combat lent itself to a a turn based game. Uh, you still haven't gotten more into Divinity: Original Sin two yet. Have nah, you? that's that'll on be the, um, winter. I ha- I have holiday. a uh, I, yeah. Uh, I have a very specific time frame in which I think I might finally be able to play that game. Um, th- uh, that is, I have earmarked in my head for the future. So it's not okay. anytime soon, but it is. Sometime in 2020. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I'm playing. Uh, uh, I played a lot more. I had a moment this weekend where I was like, you know, looking as we do towards like the week ahead of like content and podcasts. Yep. I was like, all right, should I play something new? Like, you know, should I go find something to put like three, four hours into that's like I could write about? And I was like, ah, there's so many things out right now. I need to do a little bit of like checkboxing of just like go back to a game that I like and I want to play more of and like get towards the end of that so that I can just kind of put it out of my life. And so Valfaris, which was the uh, 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 sort of like heavy metal space action game to Iron Maiden 
uh, uh, across Contra or Warhammer 40K across Contra yeah, yeah, okay. that I talked about last week. Is like that seems like okay. How long can that game possibly be? I've really enjoyed it so far. Let's go further into that. And uh, I will say it's a lot longer than I thought. Uh, I'm now kind of marks levels by the amount of um, like checkpoint vials that you can have in reserve, which is a system I'll get into in a second because I was definitely not playing with it at all um, in my time with it. But so I'm like 14 of those in, so 14 major bosses. And if, I feel like I'm in the final area but yeah uh really really fun game uh continues to consistently just be a tremendously fun action game that has just a really great balance between difficulty and uh in that like it, it pushes back on you but uh in the ways that i want it's like every once in a while it kind of stonewalls you but never in a way that feels like insurmountable. It just mm. feels like, hey, dude, you need to figure out what this section is about and maybe mix up what weapons you're using. Uh, it's a game where uh, I think we all do this, where especially when we're reviewing games, like you're looking for markers of especially when like a game uh, isn't out yet or hasn't been. There's no like YouTube walkthrough to look up. It's like, yeah. what are the marks that I can look at for like how far I am and how much more I have to go? And I thought, oh, when this fills out the sheet of how many weapons I can carry in the same way that like a certain currency can like tell you like how far you are in a game. I was like, Oh, all right. I filled out these weapons. That's got to mean that like I'm in like the final sprint. But it turns out in Valfaris, no, it just makes a new page for a new set of weapons when like it fills out, which is cool. Like this, I mean, I have at the moment, like, you know, nine different pistols, like 10 different like melee weapons, like 15 different, like, like there's just an, an enormous spread of different types of weapons that vary all the way between like a laser that like bounces between different enemies to a flamethrower to missiles. Like it's just, you have such an enormous amount of versatility in terms of how you, and you always, sort of you approach have, action scenarios. You always have all of those. You're just choosing between or like yeah, as every, you, you che- yeah, them, every checkpoint. Okay. Yeah. Every, every checkpoint lets you mix up what your um, weapon selection is. And then you're getting these uh, blood medals that come either through secrets or come through like mini bosses uh, or sometimes you straight up bosses that allow you to sort of upgrade rather than like specializing i've chosen to just like upgrade everything by like one so i can just like keep my versatility i decided to go for versatility instead of like i just really like the shotgun and i'm gonna make this one really really powerful um kind of decided to pump up everything so i could keep the spread uh really wide but uh one of the things i didn't quite pick up on as i was playing is that so every time you beat a boss it says like ah you're like vile count has increased by one and in the corner it'll say you know, O of seven or O of nine. Um, And so one of the tricks of the game is that your health never increases. Like you're never getting a stat that goes up. You're never investing in a stat that goes up. But every time you pick up a checkpoint marker, so like uh, you get these, these idols. And so when you hit to a new checkpoint, you have to spend the idol in order to uh, have that become a checkpoint. Mm. And so the game's like tension is, hey, you think you can make it through two checkpoints? And if you do, you will always in between one checkpoint and the next, there will be a new idol. And so, and sometimes there's a secret one, but like at the very least between this one and the next one in a very obvious location, there'll be one to pick up. So you can spend something at every single checkpoint, no matter what. The game is never going to force you to, to, to uh, forcefully like go past a checkpoint. But if you want to increase your health, like a smidge and then more of a smidge, and the larger smidge, eh, 
Like, do you think you found a section that, like, if you would it a couple of times, could you make it all the way through right. two of those? And, man, like, that really makes the game I, – I, like, I picked up on this about halfway through. I was like, how come that number is always zero for me? I was like, oh, <laughs> I need to be skipping sections. Like, I just hadn't bothered with it. Now, I think the game is still manageable. Like, I don't think it's a game where you couldn't complete bosses uh, or bury yourself in a hole. But it is one where I really should have been doing this earlier in the game and trying to, like, keep up with, like, one of one, two of two, three of three. Instead, I started, like, O of nine – and I'm starting in, like, really difficult sections of the game where I'm having to pick and choose, like, can I navigate my way through this? Or hopefully this one won't be a boss at the end of it because if it's a boss, then I'm probably going to have to spend the checkpoint. But I've managed to, like, get up a reserve to, like, eight. And that eight is, like, increased my health by, like, I don't know, like, 1.3x. Like, enough that, like, I can survive. You feel it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can feel it. I can survive fights or, like, a battle that goes a little bit wrong. Like, I can muster through some mistakes. Um, and it, it, and, and just the experience of like, well, like get you like your every screen, like you're just like, yes, get through that screen, get through that screen. And when you see that idol, pick up that idol. It's like, cool. I am now permanently up one. If I can just get to that checkpoint, there's probably a screen or two away. And it just makes the game even, uh, more exhilarating to play. So, uh, I highly recommend it. I posted some clips this weekend from it. Um, at some point I piloted a, a mech with a skull face, Um, and it's, it's very good. And at another point I was in a level where, I don't know, some secret temple, something, something at the earth's core and the, the environmental (laughs) obstacles are these bloody fists that are just constantly pounding into the wall. Um, it's, it, the game has a real look to it. It's, it's a beautiful look. It sticks to it. It commits to it. And, uh, it's just a lot of fun to play. So, uh, if any of that sounds at all. Uh, if Valfar sounded interesting to you before, it it only gets better okay. as it goes along. It, there's not it, a bad turn. There is not like you got no. halfway through and were like, eh, I'm done. It's just more Valfaris in a in a way that uh is 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 very good. So nice. yeah, I I'm I'm liking it quite a bit. Kind of you put more time into Indivisible. That is the game yeah. that I've decided I want to play the most, but also I think I'm waiting until it hits Switch. That's so fair. I want you to tempt me into making bad decisions and just buy, end up there's, buying there's it twice. There's a cool pirate lady that's got really, like, these cannons on her back. Okay. Uh, and she uses them to move around like a jetpack and also to attack enemies. But it's an AOE that also hurts your characters. Yeah. So you got to make sure your people are out of there before they – it's like they go up and they have like a, a, a an arc time. Okay. Oh, so you need to make sure your characters aren't attacking yeah. when the bombs hit, or when the cannonballs hit, right. basically. That's cool. Uh, it's it's a neat little, like, it's the first time that any of my characters have hurt other of my characters, right? right? But, like, it's that sort of, like, combo timing that you can, you know, it feel, it, it's, it's, again, really just leaning into that, um, that, that feeling of a, a Skullgirls or a Marvel where you're, like, getting combos, you get a rhythm, like... You want things popping off at the right time to to hit, and it's really neat. Still. Have you have you found that it's opened up any of the Metroid stuff that we wondered it's about last just time? Just barely starting to. Okay. Um, How far in are you? I'm like eight now. Okay. Um, Hours. Do you have yeah. a world map? Can you like jump I, I, between places? They 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 introduced a warp. I have not found the second, the other end of the warp yet. <laughs> They've said that there are three regions. So I will be going to okay. one of those regions. I haven't gotten to the region just yet. Mm. Like I'm trying to get a boat. Mm. It's a thing, but it 
it is starting to show. It's like, oh, okay, here we. This is about to open up. Um, I found uh, a better map. There's actually a map in the menus that I had missed before that marks things automatically, which was good. Oh, yeah. So it marks like the ah. Yep. Why isn't That's that just the, the map? But you. <laughs> why isn't that just it? the map yeah. when you hit up? I think it. I think it is. But that map that when you hit up is so focused on the room that you're in that you it. You can't really tell that it's doing that. But the other one is you you can move it all around and you can see, oh, it marked that spot up there from a while back. So that's an unlockable Does it get- thing later in the game then. No, I think it's just like it, it. It was either like it wasn't in there in the in the, uh, pre- the preview build, maybe, or I missed it, and it was yeah, just like that happens. Yeah, it was like I didn't go through all the menus. They never point to it or anything. They only say like press up to see the map, and that's it. Um, but. It is, yeah. They're mar- It's like marking spots where there's doors, or like where it's using a, spe- uh, a specific, um, yeah, um, power to open. Like, what, what are they, what are they hiding behind those doors? Like, what is the incentive to go back? And- um, so far, I found more ring cells. So the the upgrade material, mm-hmm. um, where you have to get like the first one is like you have you get five, what was it three or five or something, and then you everyone got an extra you get like an extra attack instead of hitting just being able to do xx for with do one XXX. character xxx okay. is um, that third x just another hit or is it like a different effect or it uh, depends on the character right oh, like cool. like so like it's like a, a, a you just add another button press to the combo chain but like on different characters that extra thing could be different depending on when it comes in your combo gotcha um and the other one is defense and I think that has to do with blocking but I haven't you need 10 for that and I haven't gotten 10 yet because they're actually pretty sparse and kind of hard to find which yeah that's cool yeah I'm gonna I'm I think I'm gonna wait I'm gonna wait until switch that's mm-hmm. where I want to play that game I think I'm gonna I'm gonna find out if yeah I want to find out if that port is bad and if yes. it's bad then yes. okay whatever I'll yes. just pick up on the PC yes. where I left off and that'll be like a really fun <laughs> I holiday found, game I found um Vinny Caravella's in this game. I heard that. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Yeah. I heard yep. that. Apparently, yeah, someone, it was like someone else put him in, but like he's in there. The, I found small like the spot where uh, all of those are. It's a small businessman. There's like, it's like a port town. And there's gotcha. like a bunch of people. So It's yeah. like, it was part of the uh, indie uh, go-go, go-go right? like yeah. campaign. Mm. I guess like someone kept, uh, contributed enough that's, that's like, that's fun. hey, you can put in an NPC and then they, <laughs> they realized... I don't know what I want my NPC to be, and then like went to the Giant Bomb forums to ask for help, and, and they someone was like, ended up putting yeah. Vinny. That's good. Shout yeah, out just good. Shout yeah. out to mm-hmm. Vinny. Uh, Vinny on vacation right now. Nice. Shout out to Vinny taking a fucking vacation Great. for nice. earning good. Vinny. Um, uh, anyone else playing anything they want to shout out? Uh, you're still on Destiny 2 yeah you beat the raid beat the raid congrats to the team that beat the raid there's some lore shit at the end just like I knew there would be is it good oh it's fucking good (laughs) yeah we'll talk about it later okay I'm excited I'm excited to hear about it Uh, that raid is also really like I've after gone through it going through it again um, I think it's my second mm, I'll say third if we include Destiny One. Yeah. Third flavor favorite raid of all Destiny Death, raids. Taken King or Vault of Glass. What's your all time? Vault of Glass. I'm sorry. Like I Taken King is like third, fourth now. It got bumped out by this. I think okay. just because of the length. I always thought Taken King was one encounter too, too long. long. Okay. But 
it, it the mechanics I think are the most um the mechanics of Vault of Glass of, 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 of no no sorry of this uh, Garden of Salvation like are <sighs> they're the most the, they're they're definitely one of the most different from like where you can see how they took parts of the game and shifted them in other raids to make the mechanics in the raid, but it's still kind of related to things you saw in the campaign or things like that. This is like, they've made new mechanics that are unlike anything else in okay. the raid. Like there's like nothing, there's no, there's no comparison to the, these, the things you're doing in there. It's like you're being, uh, I also, we also, um, me and my team got the raid exotic, which uh, was, uh, required us to do a bunch of puzzles in okay. between the encounters in the raid, which are really cool. Cool. The, the big new mechanic is this tether thing that attaches uh, your you and your teammates together, and you make a line of light. And for a bunch of those encounters, you're trying to uh, connect two points, basically. Um, but like standing in like a certain yeah like formation or whatever. Yeah, and then for these puzzles for the raid gun, it actually uh, switched it up, and you had to connect you had to close the loop so it was just it usually it was from one point to another then it was just like you six people and you had to configure yourselves in uh traverse areas connected without snapping the the connection and then line up in certain um configurations to get like things to unlock in the world it like was really circling things basically yeah That's or like cool. like there's there were like points where you had to make the line cross through that point and you had to figure gotcha. out what where the right place that's is cool to stand. that's a neat mechanic that's yeah a neat, that's a neat way of doing that and um in the the final encounter like brought together like you know this is what they do well with raids is this kind of building like in, each encounter introduces a new thing um built up to like one where you're kind of doing all of the other, uh, all, all of the other um, mechanics all at once, right? But okay. like in concert and like in some sort of sustainable loop. But what's interesting about this one is that there, there's, there's a way to kind of brute force it if you're like super good at dealing with things being in chaos. And a way to figure it out where it simplifies the process for six people. Okay. Um, which is interesting because usually there's like, there's one correct way to do it. And if you're not doing it that correct way, it's almost impossible right. to uh, finish stuck. the encounter. Yeah. This one is like, uh, I guess, jump ahead like five minutes if you don't want spoilers for the last encounter. I'm going to quickly explain this one because I think it's neat. Basically, um, you're opening portals, and each time you open a portal, the boss takes a a, a piece of this island that you're standing on away, oh, and there's cool. just like that vex fluid that like hurts over time under there. Um, so if you're methodical about it, you can make sure, and there's and there's a way for you to rebuild that ground by tethering to a, a block that appears somewhere. Um, and if you're methodical about it, you can do it so that you're only opening a portal once you've rebuilt the floor. So that way you're not losing territory right. more than one piece at a time and exactly. repairing that. Okay. Or if you... Fuck it, man. Yeah, if you say fuck it, you can like lose all the floor and there's still like pillars like standing like where you could stand and you can like still like figure out and keep uh, bringing things uh, back slowly. But okay. 
and you can still finish the encounter that way. Like, which is neat. It's like there's two options here of like how um um What's the word I'm looking for? Meticulous you want to be with these right. things. Like, it's not necessary to have a certain amount of Listen, floor man. other than, like, if you want to jump up on this pillar up here and you're good with being up there, you can just be up there. That's I got chill. Risk Runner. Let me <laughs> right, just run exactly. through the fucking electricity. Let's get it. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> um, cool, yeah, cool. I'm glad. We, I'm excited to hear the lore stuff once we once we hang up this call. Oh, and yeah. You and I can can talk <laughs> that deep shit. Awesome. Um, I speaking of games that are taking over our lives. I've continued to play Final Fantasy fourteen. Good. Final Fantasy fourteen update. Check. I'm a bard now. I got to bard. Good. Uh, Wait, is bard like Archer a secondary? Goes to bard. So there's huh. like starting jobs, starting classes, and those become the jobs. So mm-hmm. you start as a lancer that becomes a dragoon. You start as a whatever some other shit that becomes a warrior. Berserker becomes a warrior or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, I started as an archer. And I'm a bard now. It's a, little, like a weird jump. It, dude, the story stuff that makes the connection is not great. <laughs> I, I mean, actually, the, I think in, if I tell you it in the right way, it sounds dope. Sure. I just haven't been enamored with the characters. The premise of the bard trainer is that he is like, he's known as God's bow. And all of the local archers are trying to like go get him to train them because he's back in town. It's so like God's bow went off on a bunch of dope adventures uh-huh. and now he's back. And everyone goes to train with him, and he's like, no, I just like poetry and music now. I don't want to talk about archery shit anymore. Um, And you go find him, and he's like an old man in a log. And he's like, ah, do you want to learn how to use a fucking bow? In a a log? He's hanging out in a log. Just like... Just hanging out in a log. Like a redwood scale? Like a big log? log It's a big log. I guess it's like redwood scale. Yeah, like it's a big big log. He is a human man. He's like an old human man. I just imagine someone laying in a log that's like vaguely human size. No, he's like bigger than that. (laughs) (laughs) He's not like a a human burrito in a log. Yeah, exactly. That's what I... funny too. (laughs) Hey, how's it going? I love poetry now. Uh, And he's like... Um, if you want to learn about poetry and shit, I'm down, but you got to go get approved. I have a friend who's a Moogle, uh, who's hanging out somewhere. Go see if he's okay. And you go and you find the Moogle and the Moogle's stuck in a bush surrounded by bandits. And you, the Moogle's like, uh, I want to go, but these bandits stole some shit from me. If you can go get my shit, then I'll tell you, I'll, I guess I'll give you proof that you have the soul of a bard and that'll convince my friend to train you as a bard. (laughs) I'm like, all this seems yeah. fake as shit. <laughs> You're all making this up as you go along. Um, whatever, I play a song now. Great. It makes my damage. It lets me do a higher, it lets me do one of my high damage attacks more often if I have my damage over times up, basically. Like if I have my enemies are poisoned, every time the poison does damage, it has a chance of letting me do my super strong attack. Nice. Like, immediately instead of in 15 seconds it's fine um i'm thinking about i figured out a way to get a boost an xp boost in this game without skipping content which uh-huh. is you can you can so if you have you fall, you fall asleep with your hands with on my, the keyboard uh, and click, the click, game click, just click, keeps click. going no uh <laughs> if you have a class all uh, if you have a class at a certain level all other classes that you could uh switch to so the, unlike other mmos you don't have to make a new character to try a new class. That's like a key thing of this game. You could have one character who ends up being like a paladin, but also a bard, but also a dark knight, and also a white mage. Like you, That's like a thing you're people You're swapping do. between those or you're sharing the skills? You're swapping between them. You don't, it's not like mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Tactics where you can like mix and I don't think it is anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you can mix and match to some degree, maybe like a, among like classes, but mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case. Um, uh, but you could be like, okay, I want to go level up Dra- Dragoon now, even though I've been a, a bard this whole time. 
Uh, let me try being a Dragoon. So any class that isn't your highest level class gets a, like a 100% XP bo boost on kills because they want you to be able to level up those other classes quickly by just like doing dungeons over and over. Mm. And so I think I'm going to buy a boost for a class I know I'm not ever going to play, <laughs> which will get that to level 75 and make leveling any other class I want to try a little bit easier. Gotcha. I'm, it's bad. <laughs> I'm fucked. But I haven't made any like, big story progress yet, so I don't, I can't weigh in on any other major major NPCs or anything yet. Uh, I'll get there. I'm chasing around this dude who looks just like Char from Gundam right now. He's yeah. like off-brand Char, and it's just very, it's a lot for me. He's wearing red and red, gold. I was, and, yeah. Like, he's <laughs> blonde hair, like, seems like mask? he's up to no good. He has a mask. Yeah. It's a whole fucking thing. Yeah, great. Anyway. Um... <laughs> I think that's kind of all I've been hitting. I don't, anyone else want to shout anything else out before we wrap up? Oh, I want to shout out. Well, we Go should. There's, okay. Well, I was just saying we should uh, uh, bring full circle on the Blizzard stuff. Given that oh we, my god, yeah. Go ahead. A lot happened. What's, what's new? Yeah. What's um, up with Blizzard right now? Well, like the most the latest thing is that Blizzard canceled an event at Nintendo's <laughs> uh, headquarters in New York because Overwatch is coming out like. A, a, I know I mentioned it on yeah. our podcast last week, but then it was weird to wake up this morning and be like, here's your Overwatch code. And I was like, right, you're just business as usual, right? You have a new video game coming out. Like, and it's not this PR person's fault. You know, I mean, that's not that's not on them. They're doing their job. They're delivering the codes to the email addresses. But um, yeah, then uh, this morning, um, Blizzard said they were, or Nintendo said that Blizzard was pulling out of a event at their uh, New York headquarters, like the Nintendo store. Um, uh, but that comes off of on, you know, look, when you've got news, you want people to read it. You want the time when people are together, ready for the news. Friday night, 5 p.m., you know, <laughs> yeah. the perfect time for news um, is when uh, Blizzard finally put out um, <laughs> a tweet or the, the, the post was called regarding last weekend's Hearthstone Grandmasters Tournament. Um, as innocuous as they come. Can we want to take bets on like, how much do you think they paid a crisis PR firm to write this statement? At least $100,000? <laughs> I, I, it, mm, oh. You know what? I, I had all this thrown Because it's been ongoing all week, it right? Has. Like it's not like this is all you just do on Friday. Yeah. It's, this is, you know, you're, this you're is on retainer drafts. at this point. You have yeah. like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. See, I thought I knew how much money. Like, I don't know how much crisis PR costs. Is it like a lawyer you're paying like per hour? Oh, it's, do you pay for a package? They probably have, so they have an internal team that's like their comms right. team. Then they probably have an sure. on retainer, like lawyer for all this shit. Red then, button that you press. Yeah. And then they probably also at this point have brought in another third party recommended to them by yeah. their lawyer on retainer, who's probably more of a generalist. Do you know what I mean? But they're mm -hmm. big, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. Rudy Giuliani. Okay, anyway. real quick. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani. I'm going to. What I was starting to say before you was... Know, would I be shocked? <laughs> would I be shocked if somehow these stories intersected at some point? No, but, okay. Would the, not. The thing I was starting to Giuliani say Giuliani investing in some weird uh, esports team. Fraud guarantee. Uh... You know, that sounds like an esports game. That'd be the owners of Echo Fox. Oh, yeah. It's Rudy with those two goons in a hotel lobby. So, Fraud Guarantee is the name of some new stadium. Can't even imagine it. Like, welcome to Fraud Guarantee Stadium. So, this is just a complete, this is nothing to do with the. Go right ahead. The thing I was going to say before was like, I feel like I lost the understanding of how much money people were making for bad shit. 
Yeah. Rudy Giuliani, it came out last night. Uh, uh, Rudy, Rudy Giuliani made like $500,000 as part of a scheme that was connected to blah, 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 blah. Scheme is probably editorializing too much for how much I know about the situation. I'm going to say a scheme. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani makes $500,000 uh, for work he did uh, for Ukrainian businessmen uh, facing campaign finance charges, uh, Reuters reports. $500,000 is the sort of money that would change my life. I think if we if $500,000 appeared in this room, all mm-hmm. of our lives would be changed instantly. I'd be happy to split that money with y'all. See ya. See ya. Yeah. Right. All of our lives changed instantly. For Rudy Giuliani, I don't know if that's a blip. Probably no. not. That's a, that's a couple of nice dinners. What do you, for, I, or, in or my wrong. mind, so I want to be clear again, I am not specifically allegating anything. About what Rudy Giuliani mm-hmm. did, that man has lawyers. <laughs> this is a recording. <laughs> well, he might represent himself. You're right. In which case, you're, you're probably. I'm good. probably okay. Uh, uh, let me just text him real quick and see if he's still answering his fucking texts from journalists, like a nightmare person. Um, the I assumed that if you did some corrupt shit, you were walking away with a bag. Like you were walking away with like, and I'm good for life in a way that's like. For real, but is is being a corrupt asshole in this world really just a bunch of five hundred thousand dollar checks? Again, five hundred thousand dollars changes my life forever. We are not in that. We are not up there in that range. We could do one five hundred thousand dollar scheme and the and get into a place where we're more comfortable. Lots of problems disappear because we're able to get like family the medical care they need and deserve. But also $500,000 does not buy you a mansion. It does not buy you like rent for life. It does not give – today, if we split $500,000 between the three of us – the three of us, the four of us. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I was looking at the three of you. Honestly, I really was. <laughs> uh, would it be – does not mean that like Patrick's, Split for ways it wouldn't even pay for that, uh, that's all Jessica's college. Jessica's college is exactly the thing I'm thinking about. I mean, like, I can I can maybe do half of it. Room and board. Ro- right, room and board. <laughs> exactly. She better get a fucking part-time job for books. Uh, um, the That's not that much money to do some corrupt shit for. And I just thought, right. I thought you were walking away with some M's. Like, I thought you were going to be like, here is $5 million. <laughs> yes, I will happily interfere in an international election. Thank you and goodbye. Is that on the on the text messages when like you're negotiating the pay? Right. I was like, mm, not enough M's. Not enough M's. Put some more <laughs> M's on that. I need this to be candy coated. No, I, you know what I mean. At least two I, I M's. Candy coated chocolate. God damn it! I think the nature of corruption though is it's about dependency too. Yes, right? it's true. Like you get that taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the good life, yeah. mm. but like, do not like don't get it twisted. You aren't one of us. Like you didn't just become a member of right. our class. Right. You are still a servant. Now you are a very well well remunerated servant. Right. But like, it's this thing, thing of ours, not this thing to, of yours. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so, like, and this is also, like, why the Hunter Bidens of the world, like, they need that annual board seat because, like, if it goes away, their life is also changed. Yes. Right. Right? Like, right. suddenly you are descending back to what still for any of us would consider an enormously, like, Luxurious. And, yeah. Ab- yeah. <laughs> absolutely. But it's no longer the $500 I have a guaranteed sinecure. Right. Yeah. Right. No more, no more Kirkland or all of the Kirkland. Yeah. Never going to yeah, run out of Kirkland. Kirkland. Double God. down on Patrick, a better world just, is possible. Just take me. <laughs> for you, I don't even think it's that far of a reach. Just, just wheel me up to the Costco and be like, I'll take it all, chief. 
Put it all in the van. Also, I bought a van. There's <laughs> a van in that Jesus. van. Shut the van in that van out. God, go, sorry, Rob. What do you? Patrick, write? can you imagine if you and your family were also owners of the Costco uh. and your fellow Kirkland workers? Costco. <laughs> Oh, God. So, Blitzchung. Yeah. I will say, last thing, I will say a little bit of when we watched that Mangler trailer. Yeah. Like, uh, Robert Unglund, you know, showing a little bit of Rudy energy, Mm. though. Oh, yeah. You're right. There was some Rudy in that. Or or did Rudy watch the Mangler (laughs) during his term and be like. Does Rudy own a Mangler? Oh, absolutely. That'd be like one yeah. of those things where you could you could launder some money through a Mangler. Yeah. Also, Mangler is the name of the guy to the right of Rudy, the big guy behind God. him. That's Mangler. <laughs> Shout out to columnist uh, Jimmy Breslin, who I think immortally described Giuliani as a small man in search of a balcony. <laughs> Back when he was like first running for mayor, and I think remains probably the best summary of like who that dude was and is. Dude, you gotta own it. Listen to all my short kings out there. You don't need to find that balcony. You don't have to be over anybody. You already. You oh, already he didn't say here. short. He no, said no, small. I know he said That's small. why it's perfect. I'm just letting people know. You don't have to feel bad about that. You don't need to be a little dictator looking down on New York like that. You're already up here with with me at like pretty okay height. Like all right, yeah, that's average. We got a fire escape. We yeah, could. we can go out on that fire escape. <laughs> Taking the view of the water towers. Rob, we ain't got a dream no more. We got real shit. <laughs> um, God. Uh, you know what's uh. good? The wire. Oh, boy. I think that's, that's going to do it for us. Was, it, was there more? No, I gotta explain what we happened. Yeah, we didn't talk about it. No, no. You said right. Rudy Giuliani in Continue. the middle of the sentence. Yeah, okay. the man, well, with the, the man with the sidetrack. Apologies. Uh, Rudy has been on my mind. Talk no. to me about Blizzard. Rudy has been on my mind. The name of blah, blah, blah. Uh, Jay Allen Brack, who's the uh, the president of uh, the current president of Blizzard. Uh, I, I honestly recommend people go and read the the statement. It is uh, fascinating as a document, um, <laughs> dude. In, in yeah. the context, of, you know, uh, you ever I, see a piece of writing and be like, this has either been through the hands of thirty people none of whom mm-hmm. are in agreement about how any words should be near each other, yeah. or no one edited this, or three people this, wrote it and this no is, one did This is a document us. in which two paragraphs back-to-back use the phrase epic entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, you know, I'll, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but, uh, you know, from part of this, uh, RE sports programs are, let me start with this, because I want to get the two epic entertainments. Yeah. At Blizzard, our vision is, quote, to bring the world together through epic entertainment, end quote. And we have core values that apply here. Think globally, lead responsibly, and importantly, every voice matters, encouraging everybody to share their point of view. The actions that we took over the weekend are causing people to question if we are still committed to those values. We absolutely are, and I will explain. Our esports programs are an expression of our vision and our values. Esports exist to create opportunities for players from around the world, from different cultures, and from different backgrounds to come together to compete and share their passion for gaming. It is extremely important to us to protect these channels and the purpose they serve. To bring the world together through epic entertainment, celebrating our players and build diverse and inclusive communities. And there's a whole lot of oh yeah bullshit that comes <laughs> after that. Um, that is not worth reading verbatim. That is worth reading just to see how a company frames a thing like this. But like, what is the main takeaway? 
The main takeaway is that they, for all the flowery language, uh, it's essentially a double down. Um, they, for Blitzchung um, himself specifically, uh, they reduced the ban uh, competitively from a year to six months. Um, I, they're still keeping his money, right? I believe uh, they're returning it to him. I think. They are returning, I think they the, money, are returning the money. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the ban, the ban, the banned. ban. Yeah, the ban is just uh, cut in half. Um, quote. With regard to the casters, remember their purpose is to keep the event focused on the tournament. That didn't happen here, and we are setting their suspension to six months as well, which is of out of there is something particularly yeah. aggravating about that being held against the casters, in which these are people who hid under a fucking desk realizing like the <laughs> grenade that had been like lobbed in their direction, basically, in which yeah. They were not prepared for this. This I I do I sincerely doubt there is training that goes alongside like, hey, if random person decides to do a protest, here's how to handle that and de-escalate the situation. Um, it says a lot about everything here that um, Blitzchung made a choice, right? Like Blitzchung is someone who knew that they were playing like. Regard, like, you know, try and separate the politics out of it, whether you agree with what he was saying or not, like, knew he was violating, like, a, like what is supposed, quote unquote, supposed to happen here um, in these interviews. These casters d- did not. They, they were hired to do a thing to facilitate, you know, mm-hmm. a, a player friendly interview. That player decided to use that moment to make a statement, made an active choice as a political actor to do something in the world. And the fact that these casters are then, after consideration, still punished to this degree is 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 very frustrating. Because um, um, I think Blitzchung knew he would be punished in some degree. The, I think we've all you know said a lot of the reason the the reaction to this has been so large is the disproportionate yeah. um, reaction to to what I occurred. Mean, even Blitzchung though, even- knew. There would be a, a response yes. to his actions by Blizzard. He wanted one. Like that's part of the protest. Yeah, it's 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 one like seeing them lie, lay out their values in this way is just so laughable. Um, yeah. The the what are the three what are the three big things again? Uh, thinking uh, thinking think globally. globally. Think lo- Okay, think globally. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh, Lead responsibly, and every uh, voice, every, every voice matters. Every voice matters. These by these hallowed words, we run our corporation. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, we're not supposed to talk about uh, outer worlds yet. Um, the this response is like such a half, such a non-step. It is not a step because right. it doesn't address. If I was working at Blizzard, this would not address any of my concerns like i i guess i'm, I'm happy blitzchung got the money he won back that's good but it doesn't address what their relationship is to like a, a the broader issue of players and specifically performers uh in relation to political speech um it does not set any sort of pres- positive precedent for what might happen in the future if a player wears an armband to support a group like Black Lives Matter or 
in the future, if a player wants to speak out against, you know, a, a war crime, like there are specific instances in the future that is I have. Is climate change too far? It, it, what, like, where, where is, is, where the, is line the line here? Uh, Patrick, I think you'll find that the line is anything that isn't about thinking globally, <laughs> leading responsibly, or every voice matters. How the fuck well, do they, they also mm. get into, they also get into play nice, play fair, one of their uh, other core yeah, values here. right. He was not playing fair by, what was the? In this tournament, it in the tournament itself, Blitzchung played fair. Right. We now believe he should receive his prize. But playing we understand fair. For some, but right, playing fair what rules? What, yeah. includes appropriate pre- and post-match conduct, especially when a player accepts recognition for winning in a broadcast. It was so disruptive, what he said. Like, I again, if you want to disagree with what he said, that is totally, like, Let's have that conversation. But the but the idea that it was, quote, uh, taking the conversation away from the purpose of the event or disrupting or derailing the bo- the broadcast is so such a laughable understanding of what disruption or derailing means. Um, raising your fist in support of something for a moment is is if that is putting at threat the entirety of your broadcast, I feel like you should rethink what your broadcast is built on top of. Um, it's also just this statement, the reaction to what occurred here. Uh, like people are smarter than this. Like your consumers are smarter in, in 2019. Like I think this is the kind of statement that would have make sense even just five years ago. Yeah. Ten, like, you know, not even 10 years ago. But I think like people see through what you just did here and – it's not the kind of th- like people just are more aware, like but just by v- virtue of having access to information and just how th- how this how these things work on a corporate level, like seeing messaging like this, people have seen it before. They're hip to it, and so the fact that Blizzard didn't take, you know, I didn't expect them to turn around and be like, actually, we support the Hong Kong protests. Uh, we'll see what happens next. Like no one expected that, but like. The, everything about this strikes as a company that's like, cool, wool in front of our eyes. We'll just keep pressing forward. Like things are going to be fine. Like players will get over this. Um, and I just don't think that's the case. And instead we just march into another week with Overwatch coming out in Switch, which is just going to keep Blizzard in the news and the consciousness because they're going to be out there talking because they have a game to promote. Um which creates opportunities for more of this friction, which gets us a week closer to a story kept very much alive as uh, BlizzCon, a event that will not be canceled. That is go- that yeah. is going they to happen. Too the, much money. Um, there's too much money. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's 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 it's. Uh, you know, I'm sure there will be part of their keynote. You know, time spent on this and attempt to address it. But I mean, the, that <sighs> crap. Like after last year. Um, that crowd is going to have license to turn against them, like uh, in ways that are going be booze to be at BlizzCon. They're going to be booze at BlizzCon. Year. There were booze last year, yeah, for the Diablo shit. Which again, like part of the thing that is so fucked is is the coalition of folks who get caught up in in this particular outrage. Include the people who were shouting about China last year because they thought their Diablo game was going to be like a Chinese mobile game, quote unquote. Right. And like that is like, it could turn deeply ugly in a way where the 
the messaging is is fucked up around it. You know what I mean? Like I I'm well, it's not hard for this to get xenophobic really quickly, quickly as people like I mean to some degree start yeah 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 so, so, to some degree like it already in some is. of like the more especially more heated right like it is you, you can Dude. see people like not separating what they like again like yeah. talk talk about what you're talking about like tr- you know it's not China equal evil like you're like but people go to that conclusion. Even even out of ignorance, but out of like just yeah. blind vitriol towards Blizzard, start hitting a uh, uh, a space that, um, yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah, we'll see how BlizzCon goes this year. They're going to announce Diablo Four, right? And like that is going to be yes. yep their test in a weird way because that is a thing we know people want, and was like ah oh, yes, now we are sated, or will like I don't even know. Those announcements are up front, right? I think so. Like that they're ahead of this. If it wasn't, it, yeah, if it wasn't, it will be. It'll be like right. It'll, yeah, the open the keynote will be like a like a human saying a version of this statement. Yes. Uh, we know we've gone through some difficult so, times this past few weeks. Yeah. What's next? Mm-hmm. But what we think there's something everyone in this room can Who's get excited the about. Bearer for that, uh, hmm? for I don't Diablo. Know. Like I mean, this but Who this is the Blizzard other thing. Bring is, out? Right. So the nature of BlizzCon, like one of the reasons that made it work was that, for better and for worse, there is this notion that it was sort of there was a connection between the fans and the you know the the people making the games, right? right. Uh, Browder being kind of maybe your your quintessential example mm-hmm. of that being the perfect hype man for for WoW, but people felt the same. I think about Mike Mike Morheim and when he said something, it carried a bit of weight, right? Like soft spoken dude, but still, it was Mike Morheim, and if he said something that did represent like these were values that you could probably trust that Blizzard was going to follow, uh, which is why it was significant that like Morheim made a pretty clear reference to Gamergate back in 2014 at BlizzCon uh, saying that like those politics, that, that, that ethos wouldn't really be tolerated at Blizzard or BlizzCon. And people had to work really hard to twist that message around and say, well, actually he was coming out in support of Gamergate. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. could have been more explicit and I, I wish he had been, but uh, in the room, it wasn't hard to parse what, what he was driving at. But the, the difference between then and now is that, a lot of those folks have left Blizzard and a lot of the folks who used to have that connection used to have that credibility aren't there anymore. And then they fired a lot of folks, uh, you know, early this year. And so I think there, I, I think where Blizzard begins to run into a bit of trouble is that their corporate identity and sort of the way they had humanized the company and created a relationship with fans was an asset that had value. Mm-hmm. They have liquidated that asset. And so now you're a company doing a GamesCon. And I don't think, like, is Brack going to be able to form any sort of connection and say any of this credibly uh, on a stage in a way that wins people over, or persuades them? I doubt it. And even if you get the big applause line of, and we're bringing out Diablo 4... I don't know that that puts the toothpaste back in the tube, right? People take Diablo Four, just like they'll buy anything from from any company, right? Like you know, people yeah. get invested in IP. But I think at the same time, this notion that uh, Blizzard is going to be 
able to go just trust us to its different constituencies, that was already kind of hanging by a thread. My suspicion is their ability to pull that off is is basically gone at this point because I just don't know who is who remains a figure who can play that role. Maybe Kaplan. Kaplan is like also like like, because Kaplan. Kaplan's, but he's like, is this the moment where they're like, oh, people like Jeff Kaplan? You know, people still like Overwatch. Kaplan wasn't involved in any of this stuff. People will restrain themselves if they let Kaplan MC the whole thing. Or, or something like that. Uh, a part of me, like, wonders, like, if it matters at all. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't no, know. I, I think that's their bet. Right, right. Because what constrains action is the notion that there's going to be consequences. The consequences of having uh, Chinese authorities mad at you are real and could very quickly escalate to a point where they affect your bottom line. Um the consequences of adapting your corporate culture to the sensibilities of uh, the Chinese government and many Chinese people who do sort of share a lot of those views and values about uh, what is and is not Chinese, uh, what is and is not Chinese culture, and what is and is not appropriate uh, as far as Chinese sovereignty goes, um, I think I think there's going to be like I I don't think there's any countervailing force on the people who are who for the people who are skeptical of the position Blizzard took here. I think there's not a lot of consequence that Blizzard's going to face. People will roll their eyes and say nasty things about. Uh, you know, them selling out their values for the sake of access to that Chinese market. But if that's not going to mean people don't show up to work at Blizzard, if that's not going to mean people, uh, you know, don't show up to launch lines for the collector's edition of Diablo 4, I think the calculation over at Activision Blizzard is that it probably doesn't matter that much. In contrast uh, this to is losing a necessary access. Growing pain. Yeah, yeah. I, well, like, I think part of the thing that is such that makes this actually kind of hard to unravel is it has not been clear what would happen in the case of something like this statement being made without there being repercussion. We, when we also don't know which levers were pulled that led to this specific action, Blizzard's action being taken. I, my suspicion is that this is preemptive in nature. This is them saying we don't want to lose access to this. We saw pe- we mm-hmm. saw people respond negatively uh, to Blitzchung's statement, but ahead of any actual action being taken, let's get out there and make a strong statement and and retract winnings and blah blah blah. But I don't it, it I don't know that I'm ready to to come out and be like, and here is what I think would happen if they had done different, if they had taken different action. Uh, because we just don't, I don't know that we've pressed it in the world of games yet. Like certainly we do know that, that uh, other companies have lost access to Chinese marketplaces. We do know that like there have been other, you know, Western companies changing uh, policies, also Chinese companies changing policies based on, uh, things from the the mainland Chinese government, like absolutely, there is there has been instances where things you know are are either pushed out or where uh, changes in format or or changes in content get made. You know, obviously, we ran that story last year on the 
on the Chinese version of PUBG and the way in which content was changed in that. Like, it's not like that doesn't happen. Or like Google, um, Google searches, you know, being totally. censored in different ways. And um, but like I that. but it is hard to know what does that look like. Is there a world where like China just says Blizzard products are not welcome in China anymore? Full stop. Because this one guy said this thing, and I know that it's easy to like say like yeah, of course that's that's what would have happened if they hadn't done this specific action. Uh, but I, it, it's like I don't. I'm not ready to jump to that particular conclusion when there is a world of actions available that are not stripping money from him, that are not putting the casters out for six months. Like if there were pre- if there had been clearer precedent in that stuff, I can have that conversation. But like where it stands right now, like oh. to your point, I, your point is that that what what we have is a question mark from if they don't do anything, but certainty from their point that. By doing these things, they're not going to lose much in the long run because it's not going to lead to walkouts at Blizzard long term, like full full on like strikes or people leaving the company um, is the point you're making, right? Is that there's like an yeah, axe like hanging I, I, or the knowledge that there will be some rumbling and bad feelings in, in the American audience, but that's kind of it. Right, and they certainly like. I don't think they they have anything to worry about, like coming under any kind of legislative scrutiny about their business practices uh, with, with regard to China. But I I think what is interesting about this is also that I feel like something's been revealed, uh, both with this and with the stuff in the NBA, is that I think among business leaders doing extensive business with China, the scale of the potential loss is so dizzying and their actual like command and understanding of the politics of that market, of that space, of the authorities they are dealing with is so shaky that you see companies inclined to preemptively lose their cool and come down really hard as a way to demonstrate that they can comply with what they perceive to be Chinese values and interests. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe even beyond what necessarily <laughs> like Chinese authorities would want. It's hard right? to like, know, I think to right? an extent this has gotten awkward. Yeah. Because yeah. like, I think to an extent this does get a little awkward if you are, for instance, um, you know, the, uh, you know, the Chinese government, if, if, if you are, uh, you know, Z or some, or someone close to him, this gets a little awkward because this is actually really noisy and you've got these really like, you have these flashpoint, um, controversies around this idea of Chinese speech values being exported through these business relationships to other countries. And that is maybe not a proposition you wanted to make explicit, but now the NBA in kind of its haste to get ahead of this and Blizzard in its haste to get ahead of this have kind of painted that picture because they felt they kind of had to demonstrate that they understood and took seriously these particular areas of speech. Dude, I also wonder how much of this is even about an actual market versus a speculative market. There are so many times that you, especially in esports, you know, if you go read up on some of the reporting around the esports industry and the degree to which it is a speculative market, um, uh, Cecilia over at Kotaku did a long piece about this uh, earlier this year, um, uh, in which you look at like 
people talking about what the market could be once you have reached saturation or once you've penetrated that market and reached, you know, more and more people in, in China because China's population is so big. And it's like at this point, there is a lot of people making huge decisions about what their company is and what they, their company stands for on the pretense that sometime in the next X years, we will have access to this market. And it's not just that decision. It's also the budgeting decisions are being made around that stuff. You look at Hollywood is a good example of this where it's like, okay, well, the budget is – you'll get a higher budget because you expect that this movie is going to do well in the large Chinese market. Um, you know, Hypothetically, it will do well there. Uh, and in, in this market, it's not as simple as like, oh, this product will sell well there. It's there will be a big market for Hearthstone or Overwatch that continues to grow into the next 10 years as xyz uh and it's like at the end of the day that fear is so much bigger because so much is built on that speculation so much is built on the idea that soon enough that door will open and and the money will flood in because we'll be in front of so many more eyeballs and you know look there's already such good good results on on the small test run what if we could go bigger and that stuff is poison man like every time you get away from Every time that that you start to build on speculation, you're building on shaky sand, right? And like, couldn't be me. Like, I it is so nice to not be uh, in in the world of like I only make decisions based on what might be there in five years. Um, and it, I think, part of it is it leads you to make decisions that where you don't have that gut check that is like, is this something I could stand by long term because it's all built on hypotheticals in this way. And it's why you rush to, to make decisions like this that are not good decisions. Or you rush to, like, I don't know, maybe maybe Blizzard rushes to make decisions like this because they fundamentally don't value free speech in the same way that I do. But I don't know. Um, and like, you fucking know that I am... Did, did we talk about actually the most frustrating thing about this for me last week? I don't think we actually talked about the mm. thing that is most frustrating. Uh or, or one of the most frustrating parts, which is the the internal rule that they used to do this with Blitzchung was set up as a sort of broader an analysis says is set up as a rule to be able to go after people using hate speech and slurs and using their time in front of the broadcast mic to actually do gross, terrible shit that is like not just like politically heated or like has some content to it, but that is gross. And that the reason you don't have like a list of specific terms is because they understand that if someone wants to get on a microphone and use hate speech or send a dog whistle out there, they need a, a rule that's broad enough to legislate that and regulate it. And so it's extra fucked to be like, here is a rule that's meant to protect marginalized communities and meant to like, uh, keep what is said on mic be not directly harmful in a like in a traumatizing way to an audience and use that to regulate political speech it sucks i don't know we all draw lines in different places but like <laughs> yeah uh it's, I, it's just uh another uh i i feel like another uh symptom of these companies getting so big at a certain point people will make decisions based on someone whoever made that rule could have been totally right yeah. and then like the person e execute like uh using it at the other end like has totally different values in mind yeah um but like 
yeah, who knows how those decisions get made across like those offices from on different ends of the earth. Like, how quickly do things go through approval processes with the offices in the U.S. versus right, like right. what sort of autonomy those offices in uh, in China have? Yeah, I do. And even that. then, we often we we have, for this story in particular, we have focused on the Blizzard part of Activision Blizzard, but like it's right. also worth keeping in mind, yep. like that it is Activision Blizzard. Like yeah. Blizzard projects a, a notion of autonomy, and to some degree that is true, but in the sense that it's a different, you know, it's a big division within Activision Blizzard. Yeah. But like, you know, in our news stories, we like made the decision to take out the Activision part because this seems specifically part of Blizzard as a, as a, as a company or, you know, sort of a sub company yeah. with an Activision Blizzard. But like, let's not forget the bigger picture that they are a mm-hmm. giant corporate hole um, with, and, and that, you know, that only exasperates the things that, you know, uh, Kato is speaking to in which like, fault decision-making is just so uh, purposely opaque yeah. because they don't want you to understand where things are made, how they are, like, yep. you know, it's obfuscated for a reason um, because it allows them to pick and choose the notion of transparency. Um, and to some degree, it is it is valued, like, there's a world where this actually came from the Activision side, but you know what? It's valuable for Activision Blizzard for all the heat to stay on the Blizzard side so your eye stays away from everything else. Um, it's mildly conspiratorial, but like it's not it, – that would not be ridiculous for corporate politics in which they are always worried and managing you know, their image in so much as it services their you know, projected and real power on a, on a larger level. Yeah. Hey, Google Stadia is launching November 19th. Founder pack launching, right? Like the thing where you have to buy the yeah, $200. Yeah, they're also announcing a, uh, I guess that sold out um, or they stopped selling it. I don't know which. And they're also doing a premiere edition, which is $129 and gets you the same thing. I did not realize, I'm sure I knew this at some point, that the, um, it's a different Destiny 2. It doesn't play with the other versions. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it, you got the cross save, <laughs> so you can take like your like I can, you can take, take your character. You can take your character yeah. and play and it there, but you're only going to play with other it's Stadia not on the PC servers yeah. or something. Nope, it is on the Stadia yeah. only servers. You know what? That means you can. Get, and you they can lost get worlds first. <laughs> if you wanted to, Kyle, <laughs> hop on that Stadia Fucking shit. Shit. God damn it. <laughs> you know how to do those raids. Yeah, I can get through <laughs> World First Stadia clear. Heather, we need you to, we need we need you to write five people you meet in Stadia Destiny. <laughs> yeah. Oh like, you know what? I'm I'm I, I, I bought am a, so curious. Oh my I, god. I'm pre-ordered, baby. I'm um, look, if I'm gonna blow through my data cap, I'll, let's go. Oh let's god. I'm already I've already th- had the discussion Oof. with the wife. Like, let's uh, that fifty bucks. Boop boo, it's gone. <laughs> bye bye. God. Anything else this week? Uh, I, I dipped briefly into Mistover. I'll try to put some more time into that, which is like a, a Darkest Dungeon meets Etrian Odyssey type thing that Rowan Kaiser is really into. Uh, so I'm going to try <laughs> to put some more time into that. Uh, I want to shout out a couple ports this week. Yeah. Um, Six Ages, which is the spiritual successor to King of Dragon Pass, one of my all-time faves, is out on PC now. I played that last year on iPad, and it's great on iPad, but I'm very excited to try to put some more time into it on PC because it is nice to have a mouse 
for that game instead of just a touch interface. Um, uh, and then um, uh, 80 Days is now on Switch. Uh, and I put a little bit of time into that. That's right. I love 80 Days. I never days. played that. And I really want play to get back. Uh, I know. As far know, as like, a I game know. that has a really dope world that is very lit- you know uh, literary in its writing, uh, 80 Days is fantastic. Uh, I really, really love it. Nice. Uh, really great like post-colonial steampunk. Like takes on the parts of steampunk that I like don't like very much um <laughs> and and so that was that that i'm happy to, to hopefully we'll find uh, another audience on, on the switch that missed it previously um nice hey i was wh- while i was uh idling away during some conversation i was not paying attention to <laughs> was reading this review yeah. of the new uh google pixel yeah which i've always had iphones just it's whatever yeah, yeah, it yeah. works with all the devices in my i also don't have like super strong feelings on it but holy shit man the whatever the Neural network, yada, yada, yada. The short version is the recorder app in the new Google Pixel does real-time transcriptions of your recordings. Fuck off. Wow. Fuck. <laughs> wow. No God, that privacy invasion is going to hit a whole new level. <laughs> you know what? If I'm talking to Corey Balrog and I can I can save myself half an yeah. hour, like, go to the cloud, E3 interview. <laughs> like, we're good. God. Like, I'm all right, actually. That sounds – transcripts are – they're a lot of work. Uh, the bane of my existence. Yep. They're a lot of work. They suck ass. Um, but uh, man, twice and... a week. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> shout outs. Uh, you know. Yeah. Shout outs to I'm uh, a thing I'm very happy exists is the Friends of the Table transcript team. Uh, we there's a group of people uh, who transcribe that. Uh, we pay them. Um, it is it is transcript underscore fat. F-A-T-T on, on Twitter that I never shout out on this podcast because why would I? But as as people who've complained about transcripts on this podcast a lot, let me tell you, those motherfuckers yeah. put in work. Yeah. Sometimes there's like eight speakers mm-hmm. on people speaking in a Friends of the Table episode and those episodes are like three hours long mm-hmm. and someone will sit down and transcribe that shit and shout outs to them because that has made Friends of the Table a lot more accessible for, for folks. And a lot of, honestly, they have saved me a lot of time because it's like, Oh wow! What the fuck did I say three years ago in some game? <laughs> Being able to quickly search a transcript is great. So shout outs to the the front of the table transcript transcript team uh, for doing that. Um, any final thoughts as we wrap up? Uh, here's the thing, real quick. I want people to send questions in to gamingadvice.com uh, because I think I suspect we're not going to have Friday. I think Fridays might be light. It's going to be light. <laughs> I think we're all going to we're all going to be playing Redacted. Yes, and that will change next week. We'll be able to talk about uh, some uh, talk about some of that stuff. Yeah. So um, so please. Oh, I'll be able to I'll be able to talk about one on Friday. Okay. One of the games I'm playing, I can talk about in a preview capacity on Friday. Okay. But yes, I think we should err on the side of a, a Q and A. Yeah. On, so please, um, gamingadvice.com, send in your questions for the bucket. Um, I think that's it. I certainly have nothing left in me after all that. Austin underscore Walker on Twitter is where you can find me. Kata. How about you? Uh, I was gonna say Life is Strange is good. Oh, you you can get back into it a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I went back. Did you do like a, oh, did you play that fourth episode? No. He's on two, I think. I I, oh. I went back, did oh, Captain oh, Spirit oh, oh, and oh. two. I let's, just let's, finished two last night. Let's put some time to that because the, the fifth episode comes out in, in um, December, right? A couple of weeks. Yeah. Let's let's we should all I play, play that. Play yeah. I want to get a bigger update from you on that sure. stuff on Friday because we'll need content for this podcast. <laughs> Patrick, I'm gonna keep playing. How about you? On Twitter. At Patrick Kloppik. Rob. 
at Rob Zachney. Rob, are you in on? Is this? Are you taking? Are you? No. You're out from here to go to Paradox Con, right? Yep, that'll be fun. I want to hear about. So I'll be all back shit. middle of next week. All right, exciting, exciting time. Excited to hear that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can follow everything we do twitter.com slash waypoint waypointadvice.com shout to Bowen for letting us use the track miss you off the EP pale machine find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash b-o-e-n my waypoint.zone um, uh, uh, domain just got re um, re-upped like today oh. because because three years ago it's like when we decided waypoint I was like shit we gotta get <laughs> we can't get waypoint.com that's some sort of Financial services company. Yeah. Let me pick up waypoint.zone. <laughs> so <laughs> that is still around. Waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N for more on on, on Bowen. Uh, I don't have a throw. I don't have like a – because it's Tuesday. It's like the whole week isn't in front of us anymore. Yeah. But you know what? I still hope that you have a good rest of your week. Yeah. We'll be back on Friday to talk more about – Whatever we we scrape together, please send us emails. Please. <laughs> also, send us ones that you're like, what's the best sandwich in the world? Like, really, just, yeah, just give fuck us, us up. any fuck us what? up. Uh. You know, <laughs> um, that stuff is is very fun. So please, please send us some of that stuff in. Until then, we are all gonna go do other shit. Go play Redacted. <laughs> Peace. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Just right. reminds me, I gotta finish control. Yeah, me too. Me too. Ugh. I'm starting to think Jameis Winston might not be a good quarterback. Yeah, okay, Rob. Thanks. I'm glad that NFL analyst Rob Zachney <laughs> finally I'm off to, the I'm starting Winston. to think it's never gonna click for him, Patrick. Yeah. He, he threw an interception on the first play of the game. Ouch. And the last. But you understand, <laughs> like, I get... I, I get the allure because he'll have game like and he's had two I think two of them this year where it's like yeah man be that dude more also do you see the the refs uh, rig a game against the Lions last night no in incredible so, I don't you know wait, I didn't get happened? much chance to watch this. any football this weekend because like I was just like I did the math and realized how many fucking games I need to play. Um, and so I basically that's funny because I did I did that math when you committed to both those things and you were like I'm good I got this I'm like yeah okay Rob so I like that the, the <laughs> well I like, made the adult choice of mm-hmm. not watching football you didn't know so that's, that that's I could liberate company town workers from themselves um, <laughs> there were two uh, phantom uh, I don't know what you call uh, hands to the face basically like when a defender's coming through and like you can grab the sh- like under the collar yeah you can't like grab under the mask and trey flowers was a very good defender on on the lions who i think was on the patriots before um 
Yeah, just got called like once on a what would have been then a, a third down, huge sack, fourth down, like Lions get the ball back, kill a bunch of clock. Instead, they get a face mask, which is an automatic first down, um, 10 yard penalty. And it happened again when the Packers should have been kicking a field goal in at the goal line. Um, just to just uh, like unforget like and Booger that like complete dipshit who does like the Monday Night Football uh, analysis for ESPN. Oh, I kind of like Boog. He's earnest in a way that he gives you no insightful analysis, but he he does get excited sometimes in a way that's like, oh, all right, Booger. But that's about it as, as far as I can go with Booger. But man, he just like in a way that you don't usually see the announcers sort of like lose their cool over even like really egregious uh, like miscalls or, or incorrect calls. Just like spent like five minutes just, <laughs> just like, play that replay again. Play that goddamn replay again. Like that's, that's, well, not, a, love, that's not a hands to the face. I love when the positional biases of the commentators begin to really come into play. Sure. Like, yeah. B- like Boog can be noncommittal for a million things, but like as an ex defender, when he sees that, he's like, wait, yeah. no, hold, hold on. Excuse me. What is happening here? Uh, so yeah, it's the like, Lions Lions lost twenty two to uh, to twenty or uh, twenty three to twenty two on a on a field goal at the end, and they, they should have won that game. This is like the NFL favors star quarterbacks. Like that is its real bias. That like yes. their team's doing well is what the NFL will sort of tip the scales on, and I think that's the real root of like why New Orleans was so incensed they didn't get get that call last year is because the rule is they get that call. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's probably true. Uh, global hand washing day. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll be doing. Shout out well. to Conscious Pilot. <laughs> God damn it! The king stay the king, you know. <laughs> uh, y'all ready to clap? Yeah, let me pull up the website. Okay. Uh, let's do, let's do 14. All right. Rob, I didn't, did you give me a list? What are you, what are you up to? Everything's embargoed. Everything's embargoed for you? Okay. Redacted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It's anything, anything I encountered through this review code, I can't talk about till the 22nd. Yeah. I also have one of those in like, or wait, unless, what are you, you're on debt, you're on both, you're on Two embargo joints, right? You're on mm-hmm. both. Okay, cool. Just Iron Manning. Love it. Love to hear it. Ugh. Um, uh, 